Today's episode of the Black Flag Podcast is brought to you by Evan Orvath of Solero Commerce. We're coming to you live from the Solero Commerce compound as always. And if you own a small business that accepts debit or credit cards, you got to go check them out. Get in touch with Evan Orvath or contact one of us and we'll get you a free second opinion on your current merchant service provider. Today's episode is also brought to you by PlanBSales.com and CircleBDieCast.com. If you're looking for any diecasts or any other NASCAR memorabilia, be sure to check them out and use promo code BFP123 for free shipping on orders over $20. We would also like to thank Any Racing News and the Graphics Group for their support and, of course, the pals over on Patreon. We cannot thank you guys enough. Without you guys, none of this would be possible. You guys are really what keeps this ship afloat. Head on over to patreon.com slash blackflagpodcast to become a pal today. For just $4.69 a month, you get some monthly giveaways, some merchandise discounts, and of course, some exclusive content. Brad Keselowski is going to be shown the black flag. It's the Black Flag Podcast. Every fucking week. Fuck, I hate my fucking job. Race analysis. Yeah, we're only girls pull hair, so. Maggie forgets it. If they changed the rules and took the champion's provisional away, he wouldn't have been able to race the last two years, so. Uh... Occasional alcohol consumption. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is on pit road because I think he's the leader. And calling people on their shit. It refrains me from not beating the shit out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. This week's Black Flag Podcast is now in session. Hey, we had some out we beat him so it's all good uh. all right boys and girls welcome back to the black flag podcast this is going to be episode 156 and if i do say so myself it's going to be a good one for later on i know that for a fact already but as always i am charlie sanborn at c sanborn iii to my left is bradley sauce here at b sauce 96 and to his left is at Bobby Timmons thirteen on everything on all things social media. R.I.P. Grumpy Cat. Yeah, yeah. Um, Snapchat finally go with the twenty first century and allows you to change your username <laughs> once a year. So, uh, shout out to the four or five people who uh, thought they were the first one to tell me the only. The, I think um, Blaze was second or third. I think Cody Sanborn was the first one uh, to tell me, and I quickly jumped on that opportunity to straighten my shit out it, it, it took me by it took me by surprise i'm not gonna lie yeah well i'm almost 30 years old and grumpy cat the real grumpy cat's been dead for like 10 years so <laughs> how long have you had snapchat for i think i got it when did it come out 2012 like i got it when oh, it first f- came out I and i took a took a hiatus for it for a few years um and then got it back do you ever think about shit like that though like social media in general facebook i've had a facebook account since i was i don't know what i think i made mine in 20. 11 2010 i i truly one thing i will never understand is how someone gets to a million as a snapchat score because i don't ever get off snapchat and mine's like eight hundred thousand, and i've had it since it like dropped i, I think no well, i'm not <laughs> sure i'm at a hundred thousand i don't yeah. even really know how that shit works yeah i, don't, I have no idea what it means. i just don't know like how you fire off i don't know what it means necessarily. i think it's like every snap you get in snap you send is like oh, i don't fucking know but i just don't understand how people get to a million because i feel like i should be there but i'm not i'm like not even s- super close like two hundred thousand is like a lot i, I, I prefer I, a good I old no clue. i prefer a good old text message yeah i, I see I I, i'm i guess uh, ancient i like a phone call oh god no, no. Ew. no. just call me no no don't, i don't no, I, don't call me if it's important. i don't i don't text people back i literally don't text people back half the time no i i like a, i like a text as well but i'm also autistic so picture good good for me you know <laughs> true but but if you text me a picture, it doesn't disappear after five seconds or you ten seconds. That's that's where I like I'm a, as a head injury survivor. Well, I'm I'm used I to disappearing. So. I'm used to disappearing after five seconds. So, right. Oh, <laughs> Oops, I vanished again. That never happened this year. <laughs> no, it for me. No, it did for Vorgis. He vanished. Oh fuck! Yeah, it did happen this year. Why yeah, didn't we that, bring that back? That <laughs> happened. Vorgis <laughs> <laughs> should have made a group chat. I vanished. Oops, Oops I, I vanished, vanished again. <laughs> 
God that, damn it, Ryan. I completely forgot that that ever happened. Wait, so two years in a row, we lost a human. Yeah. Yeah, well... Um, For an extended period of time. I misplaced myself. That's all yeah. I did. Well, no, no, yeah, Borges Brett, misplaced himself. No, you were just ago. on the other side of the racetrack. Ryan, yeah. Ryan seemed a lot less dire. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. That was a bad situation. Uh, but, um, that being said, we also had NASCAR this weekend, too. Uh, Fontaine. New car. Uh, my opinion, put on a fuck of a show. Very entertaining uh, race for a, start two, to for a two mile racetrack. That's uh, a considered a cookie cutter type track that we're all saying take the axe to it. Whatever this, that, the other thing. Fucking bring back all the short tracks, which they should. But that was a fuck of a race. I thought that everybody's bitching and crying and moaning. Oh, they're slower than the Xfinity cars. This, that, the other thing. But they're ten times harder to drive. It looks like, and it showed. Yeah, I enjoyed every minute of all the action this weekend, which I I can't ever. I, I can't remember remember a time where I was watching a Fontana race and I was like glued to the TV or even like watching practice or qualifying after Ross Chastain hit the wall harder than anyone's ever hit the wall before. I was like, I'm glued to my TV for the rest of qualifying. Uh, any practice sessions that, that had happened throughout the weekend, I was like loosely paying attention to, but shit. I mean, if they're going to be like that hard to drive and like so unpredictable, I might just tune in. I don't know what the, what they got going on this weekend, but if they got a practice session on Friday, I'll be fucking watching from work at, you know, one thirty in the afternoon. But this weekend will be the ultimate test of entertainment value for these things. Um, being that it's, you know, the cookie cutter one point mile, like or 1.5 mile. I know California has always been, it's two miles. It's rough. It's got a little bit of character. So I never really truly classified it as one of like the cookie cutter, uh, tracks. But so this weekend, Las Vegas coming up, that'll be like, if they can make these ship boxes can make a 1.5 mile race entertaining, like we're in for a good yeah. year. It's, it's going to, I feel like completely change our views on everything that we've been saying the last probably 10 years right. uh, in terms of what the schedule is and this, that, the other thing. Um, also weird that that whole talk about Fontana, they're just going to like demolish it and do the half mile deal. Like, is that still happening? And I feel like that was Seems never even spoken like it, about, but it's also not like <clears throat> it was a thing that just like disappeared. Has anybody and noticed now, that? Right. And then now it's like, I don't know. They were, they were advertising. This was the last race there though. Right. Or no, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I don't I haven't, know. I haven't seen anything about the, uh, the short track there in a year at least, but, uh, I didn't see anything really leading up this weekend or after the weekend, but I can't imagine that they want to change up what they got now. Well, they at least just take the blueprints and demolish Texas and do that. Or Texas just do it instead. at Chicago. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Well, Texas yeah. was another one of those tracks that they, it was an okay track and then they completely fucked yeah. it up with that whole turn yeah. one and two and all that stuff. And You know your oval's in trouble when you have to run the road course at the oval to make it more entertaining and that's what they're doing at Texas and at Gateway? Gateway has mm-hmm. a... I, I didn't even know they had a road course till I was I, filling out. I do another NASCAR pool, and one of the road, uh, one of the races was Worldwide Technology Raceway Road Course. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I looked it up, and that's exactly what they're doing. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I thought they were just doing Gateway, right? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, but no, I think that it, I think that it uh, exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. You really had it. Kind of sucks that Larson won because like he's chalk. I feel like at this point, like going into any race anywhere, dirt asphalt fucking on the moon wherever he's yeah. probably gonna win but uh, I, I felt at, i felt like i was throwing away a larson pick at no point in that race in were that you pool. like this guy's gonna win except for reddick kind of the whole race um he obviously had the dominant car and i was that that kid's gonna win one race and he's gonna rattle off like 
ten. I just I think all I three just, of our picks were in the top five. Yeah, um, I think we all led at one point too, didn't we? Yeah, I don't know if Bowman ever got to the lead, but he was running good. <laughs> kind of silly on my behalf to pick him with the first overall pick, but I, I, guess I it's fucking now. I fucking drove to New Hampshire Saturday morning. I I fell asleep Friday night at like seven p.m. and didn't wake up until eight thirty Saturday, which is probably exactly what I needed after the bender that we went on. But um, <laughs> I drove to New Hampshire. I'm like, I'm gonna play some bets. So I bet on Noah because they're comparing Fontana to Homestead. I'm like, all right, if this kid can figure out the wall, he's probably going to win the race. And, I mean, he, him and Cole Custer kind of dominated the race for the most part. And uh, Cole Custer, when he pitted and the ragtag uh, dudes that are his pit crew put him out seventh from the lead, and he drove from seventh back to the lead in one lap. I was like, yeah. holy fuck. Fuck. Well, well, then, yeah, and We're I'm not like, beating that dude today. I'm like, shit, Cole Custer's got the car to beat, and then fucking Noah slides through his pit box, goes back to 11th, and he's got the lead, like, or he, I think he was either in the lead or he was like going, battling for the lead, like within a lap, maybe a lap and a half. So, um, they obviously had the two cars to beat, and I just fucking got unlucky, I guess. I had eight, uh, I had Almendinger well, finish me, in the top three, and you, Noah you tell to win. me, you got to pick one: Noah Gregson in the nine, or Cole Custer in I don't know whose car it is. Has fucking, the has the number zero seven ever won a race in NASCAR ever before ever? I don't. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, Clint Boyer and the Jack Daniels. Oh, uh, true. Seven, Fuck yeah. I yeah, I was trying to that. think um, if. I, I can't even remember. I, I had heard who owned the car, but I don't even. I didn't recognize it. Was, the name. Uh, I couldn't remember. And I'm like, holy, f-, you know, I, I, you know, but good for them guys. I mean, they're fast as fuck. Yeah. Now that was yeah, yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere. But I, the the interesting part too that I think that people don't realize is that the old Cup cars and all that equipment can be made into an Xfinity car. Like one of the big stories from Daytona was um, I forget who the fuck it was, but they were using the Bowman chassis that he put on the pole for the cup race in the Xfinity oh, race. So cool. now there's going to be a surplus of equipment. I feel that's why you're seeing fucking a zillion Xfinity cars at every race. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool to see that. And, um, yeah, yeah. The, the, the alliances I think are a big part of, uh, cause that zero seven cars junk. Um, well, yeah, usually for the most part. But then the Stuart Haas Alliance comes in, and, and obviously Cole Custer jumps in the car, goes out there and dominates. But you saw the same thing with Priest. I think they got an uh, alliance with – well, they do have an alliance with, with uh, Stuart Haas in this, that 17 truck. So he obviously went and jumped into a truck and won. won, won and uh, <laughs> He won the rust. He's going <laughs> to be in a truck again this Friday. So be sure to tune – I think it's Friday. I hope it's a Friday night Probably. race. I fucking hate when they it's do – It's a triple header again, is it not? It is. I hate when they do like, oh, it's Saturday. We're running the trucks and then Xfinity. It's like, no, come on. Like I just – nothing be, Nothing gets me right like this more than a 9 p.m. truck start. It's yeah, like I got West, the whole the day. West Coast truck yeah, race. Yeah, I can fucking go out to dinner, hit the gym, take a nap, fucking, and then there's still trucks tonight? Holy shit. Yeah. Fucking, let me make a DraftKings lineup, lose some more money. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, be sure to tune in for that. How'd but, you do on DraftKings this week? Oh, I did fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Tell you that for free. <laughs> had had Reddick to win, had Bowman to win, both fucking stuffed it in the fence. Weapon of the week, William Byron, 100%. Um, yeah, yeah that what was, the fuck was that? Was, that uh, was for sure he was like looking at the fucking dashboard or something. Not really net sh- code. Um, I don't know. Oh, it wasn't Netcode. He hit him. It, well, <laughs> it, I don't even know. Yeah. He, I, he just, yeah. I don't know what he did. Just hung a right down the back chute, which is awesome. But uh, I also had Briscoe to finish in the top five, which looked real promising for a while because he uh, was leading and then just fell off the face of the fucking planet. Um, so, yeah, basically all my picks just went down the shitter and I turned $150 into 42 So, um, you know. You win some, you lose most of them. As Charlie alluded to earlier, he uh, had uh, Kyle Larson in our weekly BFP picks pool. He dominated because uh, he fi- he finished first, and uh, Brad <laughs> finished twenty fourth. 
one spot better than me in 25th. So uh, <laughs> after two races, Charlie has two points. Brad has four. I have six. Not looking good so, so far. So are you up first? Good again, news. Then, we got 33 weeks yeah, left. Laura. Yeah, I'm up first again. Las Vegas. Um, shit, I don't know. It's tough. I don't, I, the guys that like you think are good are, aren't good anymore. I mean, right. Like who had N- nine different teams? Who in the had top Eric 10? Jones running in the top five consistently? I didn't all have him day. running in the top fifteen. No, no, I I filled out my other pool uh, that I do with uh, George Babb does, and I had forty eight, and I almost whited out half of the eight. Yeah. It was like this is my last chance. I might as well. I should just put forty three here instead of forty eight. <laughs> but um, fuck yeah, and fucking swore I should have won the race. Yeah. Austin Dillon finishing yeah, second. Like a. I don't so, think anybody had any of that. When I think Las Vegas, I think Joey Logano every time, so I'll take Joey Logano, but okay. I'm not confident. I'm not confident. You got Bradford? No. Um, uh, give me Eric Jones. Oh, shit. No. I'm not I'm not burning up my fucking big guns yet. I'm not I'll take Suarez. Anymore. I think that those guys are going to figure out the car eventually, and they're going to start uh, getting back to what we're used to, but I think that the guys that are running up front right now and that have been running up front consecutively, I think that for the next couple of races, they're just going to keep, they're just going to stay up there until everyone else kind of figures their shit out. I so. almost went with Austin Sindrick, and I'm sure I'm going to record in seven days, and I'll look at you guys and go, man, I wish I'd taken Austin Sindrick. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. He, he ripped off a pole and then. He was in the top ten for the I most. I don't know that he even led a lap, did he? No, he never. Uh, yeah. He never led a lap, but he was he was fucking up there, and he was making some moves that you know it, it's like it's hard to tell who's really like Reddick. I had a good feeling about because Reddick, in every test that he did, pushed the car to the limits. He spun the thing out. He knew where he could get to before losing control. And everyone else I, I didn't necessarily do that. Well, it looked like Austin Cindric was driving the fucking piss out of it all day, and he just—I think the highest he got was like you know fifth or sixth. But um, no, I think that I think Cindric's gonna be pretty good here for the next little bit. That that kid's uh, impressing the shit out of me, and I don't—I don't like him, um, which is fine. But I—I uh, I like his spotter, so his spotter can and stay. and his tire changer. <laughs> yep, tire changer can definitely stay. Yeah, too. I like the team. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily the driver. I don't, I don't, and I don't even know why. I just know that we're all on the same page. We don't necessarily like Austin Cindric. Well, and I, <laughs> I don't really. I'm indifferent, but it goes back to what we talked about on previous episodes. Like, we're starting to have to root for guys that are our age or younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's and getting, that's damn near the whole field at this point. <laughs> it's getting tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a Dan Suarez. I'll he, stick with he was, That was promising out of nowhere, and he was consistent, I feel, the whole the whole day. He was yeah. kind of there, which surprised me. Yeah, so I'll take the ninety nine. I don't want to burn up too many good picks, like you said. We're, we're I mean, you got your money's worth out of it. You, yeah, you, you, mm-hmm. you beat the fuck out of Brad Knight this week. <laughs> well, well, I was I was sitting there at work. Today. We yeah. was racing for it though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> till we weren't. <laughs> yeah, fucking. I had I had you guys covered for seventy five percent of the race. And, but I was and Reddick. Interesting note. Like his left leg was going numb on him during the race. Yeah, I don't know if that was a, a suit getting jammed up or if his crotch he, belt was he, all fucked up. Or he thought that he had gained a little, or he had gained leg muscle mass over the off season, um, and thought that might have something to do with it. Which seems like the seat might have been pinching a nerve or something. Seems to be kind of common. I mean, yeah. if, I mean, you can agree, Charlie. Yeah. You get your belts on the wrong way or too tight or something like it, and especially these long yeah. ass races. For for the little cocoons that you're in in those types of cars, or even you know like the late models or what we got going on, sometimes you, you if you're not sitting just right, it's uncomfortable as fuck. So yeah. I can totally understand that. But so Reddick looked good uh, for a while until Bill just cleaned him out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Blew blew left rear and then uh, looked like it was going to be all right. I thought that. If the carcass of the tire fell off, I was like, oh, we're going to get a yellow, and then he'll just go in and pit. And 
like Chris Bell blew a tire and went like four laps down because they had to drag it in. <laughs> yeah, beached. like they got obviously they got to figure that shit out. But it looked like Reddick was gonna be able to limp it back to the pits. I, I was just hoping some shit was gonna fall off and he was gonna I don't get hate back it. on the lead lap. I don't hate it that 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 the blown tires are such a detriment. Like uh, don't don't run Should too be. don't run too low air or yeah. get your setup fixed right. Self policing. You know? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to blow a tire. Don't push the envelope. I mean, then that's part of what the sport is is uh-huh. trying to see what you can get away with mechanically and you can't tough shit <laughs> yeah if you blow a tire stand on it yeah. it's no it, different you know. than at the short track we don't have fucking inner liners on a short track right. and, you know locally nothing like that you blow right front you're in the wall that's right. how it works uh, also good to see that i hope the rest of the re- population is starting to realize the true douchebag that chase elliott is he for sure spun that thing out intentionally didn't even try to save it no uh, yeah he for sure did that intentionally but white gloves are the most incriminating uh, things you can wear as a race car driver yeah. oh i like the move respect the move he got <laughs> fucking junked <laughs> he was gonna win the race he was gonna be flying by both of them on the outside and larson just cleared himself high um tyler mon took the blame but i'm still gonna blame a larson but you know larson back to his winning ways probably gonna win again this weekend and, uh, he Should seemed like <laughs> he didn't give a fuck about chase elliott no. which i also respect that move yeah. yeah, I'm still going to cheer for Chase Elliott. I'm still going to cheer for Kyle Larson. I think that uh, Larson was in the wrong, but I don't, I mean, fucking whatever. I'm sure that Chase, uh, Chase Elliott stuffed Logano in the fence, and I fucking yeah, cheered Chase, until Chase, the cows came home. Chase so. never, if roles are reversed, Chase is going to act the same way, if not more pompous about it than Kyle. So yeah. I don't feel bad for Chase at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that his uh, intentional spin out didn't work out for him because Kyle Larson still won the race. Yeah, I'm glad that it didn't either because if Joey Logano won, I would have been fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> not a Joey Logano guy. Ugh, I don't know so anyone that is a Joey Logano guy, actually, now that I bring that up. I might be the closest thing to one. I don't... I've always liked Penske, and then I kind of like Logano, but he's also kind of a dweeb, so... <laughs> um. So, actually, we have news, Bradley, confirmed. Oh, we do, yeah. We do have news, Bob. Yeah. We have news. We have news. April 1st, 2022, April Fool's Day, appropriately enough... This is not a joke. This is not a joke. This just happens to be on the joke day. This is very, very real. Friday, April 1st. We are a joke. Well, we are a joke. This is not a joke. But Friday, April 1st, we are calling calling upon the gaggle and all of the subsidiary gaggle thereof. In the greater Portland area. (laughs) Wherever. Come from all over the place, all over New England. We want your your friends, your, your mothers, your sisters, your brothers, your uncles, your left uncles, your middle uncles, your right nut, all of it. We want everybody coming to this event. But bring the fucking left nut too. A few weeks ago, we got an interesting email. A local professional sports team got a hold of us, which blew our mind. The, oh, I thought it was hot singles in our area. Well, you get it. I click but, on those ones every time. The ECHL team, the Maine Mariners, the affiliate of the Boston Bruins, are going to host racing night at the Cross Insurance Arena. In or, America. Yeah. You Motorsports night in Maine. And not only are we going to do that, we're going to have race cars in the building. We're going to be doing, we're going to host the night. They're going to have us, our race cars in the building. We're going to have our race cars in the building. They're going to give us hot mics to host the hockey game. They're ripping up the ice at halftime that's, when we're racing nope, TQs. That's, that's nope. Nope. Okay. Uh, right. But Sorry. they also. Sorry. That was a lie. Breaking development. They <laughs> also have Fools. rented out the street and we're going to have a block party. We're gonna have Jenga. We're gonna have race cars. We're gonna have a block. We're party. gonna lay bricks. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have hockey night presented by BFP Racing Night. Whatever the fuck it is. So yes, I mark it think on your they're calendars. Calling it Motorsports Night. Whatever it is, it's hosted by BFP. Yeah, 
We're going to drink beers. That's wild. We're going to stand around our race cars and we're going to watch stick puck. It's a one, two, three night too. I'll bring a die cast. So what is that? Dollar, dollar hot dog? It's a dollar popcorn, two (laughs) dollar hot dogs, and three dollar beers. But I did hear that that is only until the end of the first period. So uh, drink up. Yep. Quick. So big news, <laughs> big big news. You might so, you might only catch the last two periods, but just stand by the beer line and just funnel Bud Light down your gullet. So <laughs> now that that news is broken, boys, I do have to take off. But Charlie forgot what day it is. I did forget what day it is. Uh, I fucked up. But uh, looking ahead to the Patreon, all of our pals, all the patrons that ask the questions, um, I'm going to leave it to you, boys. But I do have a couple of things to say. My favorite liquor drink, it's a Captain and Coke. And Reagan, you're an idiot. Uh, Pontiac noses look great on everything. Uh, it's old school. I like it. I've never heard a complaint from really anybody but you. I always used Pontiac Grand Prix on NASCAR Thunder 2004. Yeah. Ricky I Craven they won. The best. Ricky Craven won the uh, Southern 500 with a Pontiac nose. That's why he won, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, I think it's, that, he uh, won because he that, just <laughs> doored the shit out of Kurt Busch. <laughs> but I do think the kick out on the nose. All right, boys. So uh, I love all you guys. But I don't know how you get your mic like that without it fucking ripping off. But I have to. Every time I have to adjust Bobby's mic, it falls off the whole fucking deal. Yeah, this 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 deal's not the. It's not ideal I, I got it. Uh, See, Charlie, I got it a little little figured out. I don't know how the fuck that happens, but um, that's only for our, our visual learners there. But do, See, we got the, the little doohickey camera going again. Yeah, you know, when you buy a $350 fucking little gimbal deal there, you might as well use it for uh, gimbling. Or that thing was worth it. The, uh, check out the Taurus Tuesday video if you haven't yet. I was late to the party, watched it today. Pretty good little video. Borges isn't. All that that much of a fuck up. Like he did a pretty good job. Yeah, catching yeah. Some, I mean, he catching some uh, some shots. He for sure um, fucked up a couple times, but for how much he actually recorded, he didn't fuck up all that much, I guess. Um, but yeah, we do have some uh, Patreon questions. We did kind of. We have Hannah Newhouse coming up later, which yeah, we haven't even teased our guest. That though. that interview was phenomenal. Yeah, she is one of us, but has any parts instead of Audi parts. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Um, science, BFP science show. Um, we're gonna make a fucking volcano next. But uh, actually, yeah, we we have made a couple volcanoes with white claws and fucking <laughs> pre workout um, in the stands. A uh, star and a yeah. couple other places. Well, not star, um, but you know every other racetrack. What that did you don't I do? It, what did I do in Florida? What did I dump in a? Oh, I dumped a liquid IV in a white claw. Yeah, and it fucking Suburra blew up and it made a volcano. God, we're just. <laughs> Or scientists, uh, chemi- yeah. chemists, chemists. Yeah, uh, they can't take that away from us. Uh, but yeah, I my my phone strokes out every time Patreon gets pulled up, so I'm gonna let you yeah, so rattle got, off them deals. Is, uh, what do we got here? Whoops, do not reply in chat. Let's read them. So, uh, do we want to read all of them? Yeah, just I mean, read the first one, and then we'll we'll address it, and then uh, Cameron Jackson' favorite thing from this past speed weeks that we can remember. <sighs> I mean, the whole week was <laughs> a blur. It was also an electric factory for for funny moments, um, but I think for me that my favorite just moment was just standing on pit road and just take like at Daytona, just taking yeah. it all in. Like that was all new to me, you know. Never never seen the infield of Daytona. Never got to like you know see drivers walk out of the garage area. Uh, never got to walk around in the garage area at a cup race. Like that was there was a lot more funny or more entertaining moments, but that to me, I think was like the overall coolest thing. Yeah. There's for sure a bunch of, there was uh, too many funny moments. <laughs> yeah. It's to hard count. to whittle it down to just, um, one. my favorite moments, not even a funny moment. It was actually, I don't remember what was on the racetrack, but it was when we all found out at new Smyrna that Noah had made it into the 500. Um, because there was a, there was a small group of people that were with us all last year and Noah was with us 
every day last year. Um, worked his balls off, got wrecked, obviously didn't make the 500. And uh, going into this year, a lot of, he had changed a lot, actually. Um, and it was clear that he was really focusing on trying to make the race for the, for that small team. I think and, he's just um, just overall more focused in, in motorsports aspect to begin with. You know, he's not drinking. He's, he seems to have his head on, you know, a little more focused, and it's and it's showing. I mean, yeah. he's had a, you know, some really good runs in the Xfinity Series so far and and uh, had a good run going in that cup car until he got cleaned out. But, but I, I looked at my phone, and it was between him and all the other guys, and they, I knew that they were locking in two from with speed. And um, I looked down, and I saw that he was, I believe, the fastest out of all of them. And uh, I looked back up, and it was too loud for me to actually say it out loud because no one would hear it or react, but there was a yellow or something. And I just, like, stood up on the bench in front of us, and uh, I was like, hey, I got some breaking news because there's, like, 15 of us. And I was like... And I was in the bathroom or yeah. the beer line or something. I missed yeah. it. <laughs> I was like, our boy, our boy made the 500, and fucking everyone went nuts like we were actually at Daytona or, like, anyone actually goes nuts for qualifying, but... <laughs> Um, no, but that was cool just to be that far away from the actual speedway and, and uh, get that news. So Michael Jervis, modified racer dude. We owe him a t-shirt. We I had his t-shirt with us in speed, at Speed Weeks. So I don't know. Oh, shit. Didn't see him. Yeah, I don't think we'll he was get down it to there. Him. But. We'll get it to him at Stafford. Yeah. How many beers have you fellas drank since saying I'm not drinking until a later date? Um, I I never. I don't think I ever said that. Maybe I did. No, that was. I think that was me. But I for sure, like. I haven't slowed down. I mean, I go to the gym for a reason. It's so I can fucking drink. Um. Yeah, I uh, I for sure said that on last week's show. And, and then, then immediately we went and gassed beers. And then immediately went to Buffalo Wild Wings, which we're going to do after this show as well. Um, I uh, Over the weekend, I only had one beer. Um, and I legitimately had a beer because I didn't have anything else to drink. And I ate a spicy chicken sandwich. And my mouth was on fire. Um, I had that and buffalo chicken dip. So I needed something to you know wash it down. So I had an ice cold Bud Light Wad. Um, and Saturday... I went to Ty Johnson's house and I I I got a bottle of Jack and uh, me and Jack no and get some uh, no more. sour mix and uh, absolutely hossed some fucking Jack Sours. Uh, I'm on the Jack Sour train. Heavy, I love Jack Sours. Heavy, dude. heavy. I love it. So Friday night, I think I had uh, had a couple two tree beers. Uh, me and Rusty, local watering hole. Saturday night, went to Eric's church, got into the Wiggy Sours. Glad. And uh, yesterday. I had a couple, uh, so Rusty and I are at Pat's Pizza on Friday night, and we're sitting at the bar, and I just was like, found the most ridiculous looking bar handle on their taps. I was like, try one of those. The thing was like a legit blue wave. Like, it just looked ridiculous. He tries, he's like, this is actually pretty fucking good. So I got one, and I was like, yep, these are actually pretty fucking good. They're like some beer brewed in Hawaii. It's like a light pale ale. Shit. Uh, called, uh, I think it's called Big Wave by Kona Brewing, so... That makes sense. Had a couple of those while watching the NASCAR Cup race yesterday. Absolutely hassed half the bottle of Jack on Saturday and woke up (laughs) feeling like a fucking spring chicken. I was was shocked. I was like, there's no way I wake up tomorrow and I'm not an absolute bag of mush. But uh, woke up Sunday, felt great. Went to the gym uh, before the race. The vodka vodka drinkies were starting to give me like real bad hangovers. And the the, the Jack Sours don't. No, Jack Sours. There's something about Jack Sours. I think that might lead us into one of our next questions coming up here. Uh, well, we got one. This one. one's not a question. It's just a statement from Scott Fowler. He put his adult pants on. No questions. Just want to say thanks for the awesome shows the past few weeks. You guys make it feel like we were all there in Florida. Killer job. We love you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Wad. Uh, I forgive you for falling asleep on that <laughs> VIP stage at PTs that I paid for. Well, you got a nice picture out of that it. It was so. worth the $300. <laughs> uh, Maddie. Uh, don't know last name. Just says, favorite liquor drinks. Liquor? 
barely know her uh, okay the low side liquor yeah well i'm actually uh, wearing his t-shirt right now yeah well that's, not the low side uh, liquor, of, i bought one of max's t-shirts what an idiot huh yeah yeah for his birthday yeah happy birthday max mclaughlin you dipshit i love the shit out of that kid he's hilarious yeah that kid's funny i bought so. one of his t-shirts uh favorite liquor drinks yeah i'm in uh i was always a vodka tonic vodka soda water guy low calories kind of healthy but um like we just kind of alluded to, I think I'm a I think I'm a whiskey sour guy now. You know, Morgan yeah. Wallen makes them sound cool, and they kind of taste good. Yeah, yeah. Jack Jack Sours has been my go-to for uh, the last <laughs> month or so. Um, I don't know when. I Any, had anything the... to impress Mike Christopher Jr. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Just trying to be it, his friend. It's, it's literally all for Junior. Yeah. I think I had one at uh, Atlantic City, and ever since I've been like, them are pretty good. And then also, like, going through the Snapchat memories from last year, there was a ton of snaps of Wiggy Sours with Sammy Anderson. Yeah, we were piling them up at Florida and, last uh, year too, and then I hadn't had one. In an entire year, but that that being said, it's it's either a Wiggy Sour um, or a vodka Red Bull for me. If I'm tired, I'm just gonna hammer vodka Red Bull. The, RB, the RBVs were good. I just can't do Red Bull, man. It's I, I weaned myself off of them, and I can't just even stomach a Red Bull anymore. I, I had a absolutely disgusting amount of vodka Red Bulls the last night that we were there. I mean, I, I, like enough to kill a horse, probably. Um, so it's good to know that I have a better tolerance than a horse, but. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Next question, Matt Seen. What's the biggest weapon move either of you have done behind the wheel of a race car? Also, congrats, Charlie, on closing on your home. Uh, the biggest weapon move Charlie's ever done is just getting behind the wheel. So <laughs> he's, he's not here to defend himself. Uh, well, I know Charlie for... got in someone else's car and junked someone one time. Yeah, That's yeah. probably his biggest uh, weapon move. But... Yeah, but yeah, sometimes you got to do that. I was thinking about I I kind of pre-screened these questions on my way here while I was driving and uh, – I've done a lot of dumb shit. I think one of the ones that ranks up there, I don't know if it's the dumbest, but there was one night we were racing super late miles of Beatridge. Me and Nick Cusack, really good buddies, pals. Tearing up through the field. I was following Mike Rowe and Dan McKegg and Kelly Moore. We were the top four in points. We were pretty much you know the best four cars every week, and, and they all got by Nick pretty good, pretty easily, and there was a gap in front of me in between you know me and the car in front of me. Nick slid up to the top lane, and I was like, Duh, fucking A, Nick. Like, come on. Like, you couldn't have waited, like, one more car let me buy. You know, now I'm watching the, the guys that are, you know, beating me in points drive away. And I got impatient, and I tried to move Nick. Well, I ended up just spinning him out into his team car, which was Steve Barry at the time. All three of us wrecked. Tears my left front off. Nick tried to back onto my hood when we came to rest in the fourth turn. I was already in reverse, and, like, he was, like, chasing. We were both in reverse and turned forward. I'm, like, trying to run away from him. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty dumb. I had to go down there my tail between my legs and apologize to him and his car owner because I wrecked out both of Alberry's cars in one <laughs> shot. That was that was pretty dumb. Pretty much took myself out of the points um, after that. And uh, uh, Nick and I were still friends, but it was it was definitely – I don't know why that one came to mind for me, but it was pretty stupid. I only tried to wreck someone twice in my 21 races. Um Probably the first one with Caleb Bean was the the dumbest thing I've ever done behind the wheel because I I go back and look at pictures and I was not even close to in there um, <laughs> I, and I and I should have been I just timed it so horribly um, but he was just getting loose coming out of every corner and he would like kind of snap back and like slam the door and so uh, it took me like 15 laps to get the courage out and this is like my third race ever I'm like fuck it I'm just gonna send it below him and I ended up like hitting the speed bumps fucking rocketing up hitting him uh in the door spinning him out going over the berm over in uh three <laughs> and four 
kept in the gas and uh, came back over uh, in turn four and damn near got hit by a car that was running the fourth groove coming through <laughs> three and four. Um, wasn't going super fast out onto the racetrack, but for sure almost got cleaned out there. Uh, for sure looked like I belonged in Thursday Thunder, though. So Yeah, you got to get a free uh, pass on Thursday Thunders because that's like where you're supposed to get your weapon your weaponness out of the way like it's, yeah it's, it's amateur night at the strip club is really what is what thursday thunder was i did a lot of dumb shit when i ran thursday thunder with my legend car but i was also 15 so yeah i'd, I'd like to think that um <clears throat> anything like weaponness that i've done lately was was all kind of calculated or on purpose so, like, the only other thing that i did that was a w- real weapon move was wrecking that dude that had timmons machine on the back of his truck you didn't even wreck that guy he wrecked himself and then he well yeah I, I that guy, like that I, kid was a squirrel. That, that you kid, retired him. He never yeah. came back after that. <laughs> Did we retire each other? Actually, um, I might have ran no, a couple more you, races. No, after you that. ran the next year. I thought. I don't. I, yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, no. After that, I drove the truck, I kept it at my shop that winter, and that's when the kid was like bitching about you. And I was like, "Hey, buddy, turn around. Your yeah. truck's just sitting there in yeah. my shop." I was like, "Yeah." Oh, are you friends with him? Like, kinda. Yeah, yeah. It, we but we both have Timmons machine on the side, but I, mine's on there for a reason. Yeah, actually, I actually sponsored you and gave you stuff. Him, I just sold him stuff. Yeah, like do you put Walmart on your race car too, dude? Because they'll sell you things. Should have. Uh, Reagan parent thoughts on Judson getting banned from NASCAR. We touched on that a little bit. Kind of a bum deal, but that's just the way they do it. Uh, for those that don't know, Judson O'Neill. Him and his little brother Keelan do the Judson's Racing Network. They were uh, they were copping some interviews at Daytona. Didn't have the proper credentials. Somebody carried out, and they got banned from NASCAR races for a year. Too bad. I mean, he he is a fourteen year old kid, so you, you look at it in that aspect. Like, what? Who were they harming? But at the same time, NASCAR has the rules and shit for a reason. So he was good with it. He owned it. It's like learn from my mistake. He'll move on. I, and, I did see that. I think that the whole ordeal happened because he went to go try to interview Harrison Burton after the infield care center. Yeah. Um, which I guess I can see that being a little different than interviewing anyone else. Like, um, you know, interviewing someone before the race or after the race, you know, a guy that just flipped over in a next gen car or NASCAR is probably super worried about, you know, how it felt like, Oh, you know, actual asking questions about how the car held up and, you know, how, you know, whatever. Um, but Annie's a rookie, flipped over at Daytona, and Judson went to go interview him. I I, I still I definitely lean on his side. I think it's stupid that he's banned for a year, but um, I guess I can see both sides kind of. Um, but my bias obviously is towards Judson because that kid's the man. Appreciate what that kid's doing. And also Reagan added in that why does Charlie think that a Pontiac nose looks good on any race cars? That led to Charlie's comment of calling Reagan dumb. Um I don't know. I think Pontiac noses look good. They don't make them anymore. I don't know where Charlie finds them. Yeah, it's a miracle every time he finds another one because they the the Pontiac nose is based off a 2006 Grand Prix. Yeah, I'm not good at math, Brad, but we're a long ways removed from 2006. Yeah, I think I had a 2006 Grand Prix in high school. Actually, I did. Yeah, because I stuffed in the back of a fucking Honda Pilot. Bitching little cars. Yeah, yeah. Can't use my front bumper anymore. That thing's junk. Mitchie Bags, Mitch Brown, most underrated NASCAR driver of all time. Easy for me, Harry Gant. He doesn't get the respect, and he didn't win a lot of races, but he won four in a row one year. That's an incredible feat. Shit, I don't even know. I I didn't even fucking pre-screen these questions, so I don't know. I didn't even see that one. That's going to catch me off guard. Um, I think Ricky Rudd could be a candidate for underrated, too. Like I think he was pretty yeah. good, but didn't. Didn't quite get the opportunities or win as much as he maybe could have or should have, but 
Yeah, he's one that comes to mind. I don't. He was kind of a dildo at the end of his career, so. Yeah, he. I mean, he's definitely up there for me. But fuck, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm like looking around at diecasts and <laughs> shit to try to get an idea because I didn't even fucking think about this. Uh, maybe, maybe. Travis Braden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I. I don't know. I mean, if we're looking at the fucking cars we got down here, I mean, shit, fucking. Uh, maybe well, Carl Edwards. Yeah, I was gonna say Carl Edwards. Carl Edwards. Uh, I think that. He is, you know, up there for best driver that did not win a championship for sure. Yeah, uh, that was. 100%. I remember being super pissed off. Well, not well, not pissed, but I guess pretty upset that he uh, ended up wrecking out at Homestead that that one year, twenty seventeen, I think it was, and then ended up being his last race. Very um, very strange ending to the Carl Edwards story. Yeah, I don't think we're ever gonna get the the true story. I think he, yeah, I think Carl Edwards was a badass. You know, going back to uh, what was it, two thousand one? I think him and Jimmy Johnson. Hit. Was it Atlanta? I don't remember what fucking race it was, but it, I remember seeing that '99 Scotts car fucking battling the shit out of Jimmy yeah. Johnson. And I think it was '04, yeah. '05. I don't remember. I don't know. They all, all the years blend. I have a lot yeah. of head trauma. Yeah, same. I just smelt fucking oil from the broken furnace for a 24-hour span. So. Final question from Corey Roussel: What race events are you looking forward to attend and/or race at the most? Um, easily for me, uh, I have a one A and one B Star Classic and thompson world series um gonna run both supers at the classic gonna run my big block car at thompson um, those are always a good time gonna try to start planning a you guys are gonna do or you guys i'm a part of this now we're gonna do the bfp banger at loudon right yeah we might do yeah. a junior varsity bfp banger at star classic so yeah that uh be a good time i think that we already started planning that yeah a little bit <laughs> um yeah looking forward to that looking forward to the it, there's just for me it's tough because there's just so many events that i already have like I, that's the thing with like charlie forgot it was monday like charlie doesn't know what tomorrow is either and, and he just found out today was monday so i know where we're going every weekend for the most part or at least where i'm going um and usually charlie you know just tags along or or uh, has me let him know on friday night where we're going saturday morning but um i think that the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the spring sizzler. That is going to be for sure the the one looking at right now. I have circled on my calendar. That is uh, at the end of April, and that's saying a lot because we got Syracuse next weekend. Um, not this weekend, the weekend after, and then I'm going to Hickory and then Atlanta, and then I have an off weekend, and then it's Thompson, and then the weekend after that is Loudon. There's something. I think that there's uh, maybe it's. I don't fucking know. Oh, no, the weekend after that's Martinsville, and then Loudon's the weekend after that, and then it's Stafford. So there's, like, a lot of shit that's going on, and st- all roads, like, we tweeted out. Well, I tweeted out uh, <laughs> the Photoshop. All roads lead to the Spring Sizzler because there were, that was so much fun last year, and uh, I can't wait to do it again. Stafford's just, <clears throat> just way too much fun. Um, Sizzler's going to be a big deal this year for sure. They branched away from the NASCAR sanction. It's now an open, open deal, and it's a lot of money on the line. Um, yeah. I'll be looking forward to watching it on Flow Racing from my garage. So yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm going to get to Stafford this summer though. I'm making it a point. I think July 1st and 2nd for the the weekly deal, and then the SRX race. I think they're going to have to make the trip to Stafford. Uh, that'll be a fun weekend. Yeah, for sure. Going to be in attendance for that one as well. Um, I think that the after that, I can't remember which one comes first. When is the Lee? 
Tormod race. Is that <laughs> June? Oh, that's in May. May? May, May okay. 21st, so that, 22nd, whatever so that, that is, is. That is the second event that I have circled on my calendar. I'm, I'm going to go top three for, until like the middle of June, and then I'm just going to worry about the rest later. But that's going to be the second one. Can't wait for that. Uh, Lee is, is one of my favorite places to go and watch a race, uh, specifically because they have a bar that looks over the racetrack, uh, and I like tour mods. So um, that, and then the uh, Labor Day, no, Memorial Day at Thunder Road, I believe that's when they have Tri-Track. Yep. Yep. So Tri-Track's there, and then there's a race at Claremont, Tormod Race, uh, Friday. The racing guys won or whatever it is. Yeah, so those are the three events in the near future that I have circled on my calendar. Obviously, I'm looking forward to the World Series and the Fall Final, and and the Oxford 250 is going to be a blast. This this year for the 250, I got to take, like, Friday. I think this year I'd... I uh, was feeling a little ill on Monday. I think I'm gonna. I'm planning my vacation days accordingly so that I'll I can actually right take. <laughs> I can actually take Monday off, um, and go golfing with you know, in good conscience, I guess. But, uh, yeah, no. There's just there's so many so many things to look forward to, and it's to the point now where it's like, I think Charlie talked about it, like last year. He was like, if you want to do something, just do it. And I was sitting. I was sitting. It on certainly the couch. seems to be all three of ours mantra in the last calendar year. I know it definitely has been for me. Yeah, like I, I was sitting on the couch, and Charlie and I have talked about going to Hickory in Atlanta for a while, and I just haven't heard, you know, what the plan is with Charlie. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to put in the time off, and you know, I don't know if I'm going to get it. I might not be able to go." And I'm sitting there like, "Fuck! Like, I really want to go. I, I, I love going to Charlotte because we've acquired so many friends down there, friends from up here that now live down there, and it's like, fuck, I want to go." And Hickory just happened. The Easter Bunny happens to be the day after St. Patrick's Day for whatever reason. Um, they must have got their holidays mixed up. Yeah. Well, the, the, I, I enjoy a St. Patrick's Day. I'm pretty Irish. So I, I was like, I'm just going to book a flight. And I booked a flight that, and I was just sitting on the couch Saturday. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do when I get there. I don't have a flight back. I don't have a ride to Atlanta. I don't have a ride to Hickory, but I have a place to stay and I can Uber downtown. So uh, I got Thursday night figured out. <laughs> I'll figure out Friday night and for Saturday night as I go. For a kid who overthinks literally everything, that's brave of you to just start shooting from the hip. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Fuck it, Bob. You got to do it at some point. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, uh, yeah. Then like I'm already just i don't know like like i just rattled off the calendar I'm, i don't even have a calendar to look at i just know like have these all these dates yeah like a, martinsville i know is after the to, after thompson and we're just gonna road trip to that and i was trying to look for hotels can't fucking find any of those so nah, nah, you might as well bring a tent home homie yeah i know <laughs> and that's and that's what i'm i'm fine with bringing a tent but you got friggin divas that you know don't like sleeping in tents i i don't well, know tell them to book a hotel then yeah, I know, but get a rental car too, I guess, because I'm keeping my car just in case it gets cold. I'll sleep in the back of that bitch. Yeah, uh, you've been known to sleep in some very cold situations before. I, I could not like just if you drink enough, it just doesn't matter where you fall asleep. I slept underneath the folding table at Thompson, like in that Man, wasn't warm. Man, you were borderline deceased <laughs> when I came out in the morning. You were as white as that wall and shivering, and I just looked at you. I was like, you. You can go inside and sleep. We're gonna we're gonna go in and race. Oh my You're god! Like, oh, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, 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 I'll probably do that. So all, oh, all in Jesus good Christ. fun. <laughs> it, was, it was all in good fun. Uh, I had a walk with someone else's future ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. No, and that <laughs> that just that, that being said, can't wait for the World Series. Yeah, I just I that is if I don't kill that fucking thing before that point because uh, super modifieds. You you either spin out in the grass or kill it. There's no in between. Yeah. New car is coming along nicely. I got it on the ground. It's a kind of a roller. Motor's in it. It's looking pretty sporty. You can uh 
You can add me on Snapchat. That's normally all my story is, is either about drinking or of my new Super Modified. So, Yeah, you can add me on Snapchat. My uh, story is usually <laughs> just me drinking. Are you not building a new Super Modified? No, no, not yet. I haven't got the Lego set in, um, but you know, it should be here sure, shortly. Uh, well, I think that's it. I think uh, we don't really have anything going on this coming weekend. Just watching NASCARs at Las Vegas. No, I think I'm going to pick up a shift, actually, because I realize that I get paid the Friday that I'm down in Atlanta. So just in case I do have to book myself a rental car and boogie my way over to Atlanta, I'm uh, going to try to pick up a shift so I can cover those costs and uh, try not to go broke in the process. Um, you know, it's uh, it's getting... Someone asked me how I was doing today. Like they're like, I know that you're usually not doing good, but like, I'm just, <laughs> like they're like, like I'm just curious as to like if anything's. They saw my Snapchat, my private story. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 we won't get into that, but they uh, they asked me how I was doing, like you know, genuinely, and I'm like, oh, I'm fine, just same old, same old. Just got to get through the next week and a half, and then we're on travel schedule until October, um, and not even until October because I think that we've already talked about going to the World Finals for the fucking World Outlaws down in Charlotte, in November. <laughs> And then you roll that right into the snowball derby, and then you roll that right into the chili bowl, and it's like, holy fuck, we're just gonna be going. So, um, yeah, we'll sleep when we're dead. Uh, yeah, yeah, my uh, checkbook's saying no, but but uh, everything oh, my else. Body, is... <laughs> my body's telling me yes. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I love race cars. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, this was episode 156. Obviously, um, uh, Evan Bollier. Yeah, Timmy I think Hill. We, we already talked yeah, about this. Yeah, we get in into Hannah. it in the, in the end of the Hannah interview. I, I cannot stress enough that this was... So we, we say a lot that, like, you know, this is a good one. This is a good one. This, this is a, this is like one of my favorite ones. I think this is collectively one of <clears throat> our favorite ones. Um, I haven't got... Obviously, I haven't got to interview as many people as you guys have, especially bigger names like Hannah. But I know, like... With the Flores interview and then this one, both times I like shut my computer off and I was like, "Fucking a, that was a good one." Yeah, like, had that feeling. Not nothing against any of the other people we've interviewed, but like, yeah, the one the was... Flores one was good. This one I think might have been a little bit better. The um, the, I don't know. This one just flowed so well right from the start. Like before yeah, we even jumped it, on the call, Charlie, Charlie and I, I, I think I was like, "That's that's the girl, <laughs> that's the girl," and she's just like, like waving, <laughs> drinking a glass of wine or something. Yeah, like I said, very much is one of us. She drove. She's into media broadcasting, podcast hosting, you know, does basically is the three of us combined into one girl. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. In, in a sense. And um, very easy to talk to. Like he said, it flows good. I for sure didn't try to cost her her new job at Dirty Mo Media. I wasn't trying to sabotage <laughs> her at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not at all. But uh, no, that Charlie also did say at one point that we never even thought about having a girl on, and uh, I feel like that we've we've definitely had a couple of them. So yeah, um, <laughs> um, we we for sure have. We've had plenty in the background who yelled and got. On, oh my god! Um, yeah, if we were counting those, and we've had like eight. Yeah, but yeah, no, this is. Uh, I'm excited for everyone to hear this one. Uh, today's episode is brought to you actually by Mitchy Bags, who had a question one from our Patreon. From Patreon. Um, yeah, follow him, Mod Chaser Mitch, Mod Chaser Media. Yep. Uh, follow him on the socials. You'll see him on the show post. Uh, can't thank him enough for jumping yeah, on his, board. Give his page a like or a follow. He takes some incredible pictures. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, one of the gaggle members. So yeah. We so love us, we love us some Mitchy Bags. We, we do love Mitchy Bags. And uh, next week's show is open for sponsorship. Had a couple people reach out uh, after last week and, and say that they were interested in sponsoring. And uh, a couple people actually said that they would do it in a couple weeks. So uh, I guess the biweekly pay schedule pays uh, in two weeks from now. So next week's show is wide open. I don't know who we have for a guest, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's probably someone that raises in the Pro All-Star Series. Um, Can we do it here? I have a haircut next Monday, and I scheduled it so that I could just drive here after. 
Yeah, yeah, we can we could probably figure that out, and uh, and I might have just lied to everyone because I know that in the next two weeks we'll have someone that races in the Pro All Star Series, um, but next week I guess we could try to figure something out, and uh, yeah, regardless, the the show is open, and uh, we're looking for sponsorship so that we can uh, keep keep chugging along and doing all this stuff, and uh, we got some uh, we got some stuff that we need to purchase for uh, that uh, block party there deal, try to make that bigger and better, and then uh, all the stuff that we acquire <laughs> is just going to go with us to Stafford and Thompson and Loudon and. Stuff. Star and <laughs> every other place that we go. So, um, yeah, look forward to you guys hearing this episode uh, with Han- Hannah Newhouse. This interview is uh, one of one of our best, I think, so far. So, Definitely. thanks to uh, Mod Chaser Mitch and uh, go like and follow him on all the socials. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right. So, as we just introduced, uh, this is going to be actually one of our biggest shows yet. I think uh, never have we ever, even one time, even discussed really having a, a female on the show and for the first time ever we have this one and it's hannah newhouse how goes it it goes good man putting a lot of pressure on me right off the bat i appreciate that thanks no worries i mean it's i mean you, you're you're the trendsetter here so now now we gotta we're breaking barriers already so uh to, you know for, for those that don't know who who is hannah newhouse because you, you've done some pretty cool shit uh, I've done a lot of stuff. Uh, and I say that more or less because I've just been all over the place in work, you know, with having started as what I thought was going to be a race car driver, which turned into, you know, working for Speed 51, covering everything from the NASCAR World Modified stuff to the pass and cars tour stuff to motor racing network on pit road for NASCAR. I've gotten to do some NBCSN and NBC stuff. And like more or less now my focus is kind of in dirt racing where I work with the world of outlaw late models. So I have been anywhere and everywhere, uh, but it has been a journey. It has been a six year journey that I never thought would happen. And uh, I've met a lot of cool people and it's kind of been cool how my career, I don't want to say went up and then went down, but it went up to the NASCAR ranks. And I was like, y'all short track racing is kind of where it's at. And it like popped back to the short track racing level. And it's been, it's been a blast. Remember when you called Riley Herbst a douchebag? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Again, I knew I knew we were gonna go I was right seven, there. Was I, 77 I, seconds. <laughs> 77 seconds. I timed and it before we started recording, it was 72. Every everyone on Twitter will like I literally don't even have to watch a NASCAR Xfinity race because I'll just be sitting at home and all of a sudden my phone will go bing, 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 <laughs> bing. And I look at my mentions and I was like Ooh, Riley Herbst must erect because all of a sudden it's like my mentions just blow up and I'm like, oh, this is so not good. Yeah. You weren't wrong. Yeah, so we, we were wondering how quick that would come up in conversation, but uh, knocked it out right away. Love it. I mean, you, you, you've talked about the, the broadcasting and all that stuff. And I, I think that that's kind of where you're um, being projected the most lately. But, you know, when we were all younger, you, you were one of the wheel women to talk about. Like, let's not just breeze over that. How do you end up with a steering wheel in your head? So I'm from Southern Idaho, which when I tell people that most of the time, they're like, they had race cars in Idaho. And I'm like, there wasn't a lot of them. We actually did a lot of traveling to Nevada, California, kind of that realm of the the United States, because that's where the racetracks were. So um, I always giggle when people around the Carolinas are like, oh my God, we have to drive four hours to a racetrack. And I was like, dude, I drove 12 every weekend to get to a track. Um, So I got spoiled as of recently moving here, but Um, my dad used to race motorcycles and hurt himself pretty bad when I was young and said, no motorcycles. We're doing go-karts. We're doing stock cars. He started racing stock cars when I was super, super young. 
um, put me in a go-kart and, you know, as they say, kind of the rest is history. Did the go-karts moved up to, uh, like 604, like pro trucks, um, when I was like 13, which again, I look back on that. I'm like, why did someone not call CPS? Like what a 13 year old (laughs) needs to be like my little sister's 16. And I don't think she should have her license, let alone be in a race car. Really, uh, that would be better than a motorcycle. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Come on, Brad. What the fuck? Oh, I promise you, my mom's gonna call again if I don't text her right now. <laughs> like you seem like the kind of kid that needs show. a well, yeah, wellness check. Um, Incredible. So, show. yeah. <laughs> we did have a rough week last week. I yeah. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, you missed the worst thing wellness checks across really the board. Sweet. She's probably just not a hundred percent sure I'm still alive, and she's curious. So. <laughs> So anyway, so, so dad says no bikes and then you end up in a truck at 13, which that sounds, I don't know if that's even better, but uh, yeah, not, not safe. Um, and then just, you know, you try and work your way up the rings. Like everyone kind of does, um, did super late models for a handful of years, got to dabble in what was the NASCAR Canaan pro series West. And then where everything really like shifted gears, I became part of the Toyota, the TRD program in 2016 and of course being in Idaho does me no good and they were like we kind of feel like you should be out in the Carolinas and I was like all right sounds good so at this point I'm a freshman in college I'm 17 and I up and moved to North Carolina and I ran a half a season for super late models and then they decided okay we want to move you up to ARCA but we can only fund half of it and I was like okay yeah that's that's fine I can round up some funding what are we talking here they're like well, we're going to pay for a half. You need to find the other half a million. And I went, Oh no, I need to get a job. This is not, <laughs> this is not good. So I just dropped out of college, just moved across the country and had no ride, had no nothing. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. So I, what a lovely sport we all chose to get involved uh, in. Dude, it's great. And it does this, this is the same shit in broadcasting. Like I thought I got away from it, which we can dig into later, but like, I thought I got away from it when I went to the broadcasting side of things, it is literally the same issues. It's insane. Um, and so I took a job actually doing like marketing and writing for speed 51. And one day they were like, Hey, we're going to send you a racetrack with a camera. What do you think about that? And I was like, ever been to Maine? <laughs> yeah, dude, that was one of my first races. Like in the first I know, six months, they, yeah, for they, a quick second. Yeah. They shipped me up to Oxford and I was like, what an intro. Oh. <laughs> Seriously. Like, and they were throwing me on the Oxford 250. I'll never forget. I showed up at the Oxford 250, which I knew what it was. And like, I knew a handful of the drivers just having had ran some like past South stuff. And my boss, which was Bob Dillner, wasn't even there. He had to go work a torque off-road truck race somewhere. And he's like, hey, meet up with your camera guy. This is his name. This is his number. And I was like, okay, cool. Get Mind you, I've never done this before for TV. And I talked to my camera guy and I'm like, Hey, do you have any advice? Like, have you ever shot race cars before? And he goes, no, I'm a downhill skier photographer. So I've never even seen a race car before today. And I went, Same thing. Oh shit. <laughs> like I was like, this is it. This is so not good. And, uh, it actually turned out okay. So all things, all things good. I used that in my film reel and then MRN called me and then I ended up in NASCAR. So it snowballed and it snowballed quickly. And here I am. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride in the last four or five years. Funny story about showing up to the racetrack and just getting someone's number and being like, Hey, <laughs> that's your guy. I actually, so we were like, quote unquote, employed by speed 51 for a little while. Well, they got the rights yeah. 
broadcast like SRX, like through in the pits and stuff. So this is opening day at SRX. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's going to be tons of people from Speed 51 here. I'm going to see some familiar faces. They were literally like, hey, here's this guy's number. Text him, find him, like, and you'll be good to go. I'm like, all right, cool. Was like, it Connor? No, it wasn't even Connor. I don't even remember who, like what his name was. <laughs> I'm so bad with names though. So like, I feel bad for this guy. I don't remember his name, but it was not Connor. Uh, and it wasn't Brandon at the time. Cause he, I think was still with He's the flow now. Yeah. But so I text this, this person and I'm like, Oh, there must be like a ton of speed 51 people here. They're like, Hey, like I met this guy. He's like, Hey, just let me know what you want to do. I'm like, okay. Um, do you like have anything for me to do? He's like, no, we're just, we're just here to shoot you. And I'm like, oh my God, he like, I was waiting for him for the camera. He gave, I mean the mic, he gave me the mic and then he was just there to shoot the video. And I was like, oh my God, you guys don't have like anyone else other than me interviewing like Tony Stewart and like Elio Castro Neves. Okay. I mean, like I'm just some dipshit from Maine with a podcast. To get some <laughs> and like, I just couldn't believe that like they had the rights to do this and they, in their right mind, they chose me to be the one to do it. It was like opening night. I thought this was going to be a big deal. And apparently you know, I just texted somebody and I mean, I think I've seen him before, so it wasn't some downhill skier, but luckily, you know, this guy kind of had an idea what he was doing, but it was just so surreal that it was like, oh, this is my first on-camera experience. And, and here you go. <laughs> all of my like racing heroes. And luckily enough, I had someone that humbled me that they were like, hey, whatever you do, no matter how bad you do interviewing these guys, they're not going to remember you tomorrow. And I was like, perfect. Yep. No, I've been told that a time or two until you call someone a douchebag, then everyone remembers you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so at what point in the journey? Cause I mean, you, you, you obviously had some success as well too, behind the wheel. Like you, you didn't suck. You were one of the ones that people were like, Oh damn, like you probably pay attention to that. So at what point does that transition into doing TV stuff or, you know, marketing stuff? Um, so, you know, after I kind of like, quote unquote, lost my ride. I kind of knew that I had a decision to make. And that decision was move back home to Idaho, do the same exact thing that I've been doing, winning the same races that I'd been winning. And realistically for like a development or like for a young driver, really the sponsorship game is not the game anymore. Like you need to get hooked up with a developmental team. Like you need to get hooked up with a manufacturer or someone that's willing to like help you get the sponsorship. Cause it's like no one in Idaho wants to go spend $650,000 for me to go run SRL races. Like no one cares. So I either need to get hooked up with a team out East and just like things weren't falling together. It made no sense for me to go run a late model stock. I had K&N and super experience. And I just kind of hit the point where I was like, okay, what's the next chapter? So it's played into my favor more than I, well, again, I never thought that I would be in this position. I went to school for business and I actually had to change my major because I'm so bad at math. I like failed algebra three times. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a communications major because apparently you only have to know like basic math. It's great if you ever go to college. And then I dropped out. So that's a whole nother story. But um, so once I finally like decided that that's kind of the route I was going to go, having the mechanical knowledge of race cars and being a girl has paid dividends way farther than I ever thought it was. Like it's so nice and reassuring for me who's new to broadcasting still. And I still consider myself new to broadcasting for me to be able to stand on pit road and like watch someone come down and be like, Oh, okay. You know, the shock mount broke there or the upper control arm. And here's why it did that. And here's why, you know, the chassis flex in the way that they do, or, you know, like in dirt late models, I kind of had to learn some new stuff. They apparently run five shocks. 
sometimes six shocks. They run bird cages in the center and like, but being able to have that base mechanical knowledge has helped so much. And the driving knowledge, like having been in situations where you just want to freaking left hook someone's ass into the front stretch wall. Cause you're so angry. Like I've been in that position before. So having that knowledge of having had been a racer and then now being in the broadcasting world has given me an upper hand in like broadcasting scenarios. And, you know, I feel like in some weird way, it's helped me like earn respect of drivers because how many, like truly like how many random blonde chicks walk up and they're like, Oh, I'm the on-camera girl. You know, I'm, I'm going to be the reporter or at least like, I could feel like I can walk in and be like, okay, I actually know what's going on. I promise I've been there. I've done that. Um, and I feel like that's really helped me like be able to cover so many facets of racing and also like cultivate good relationships in racing. To be fair, there's plenty, sorry. There's plenty of dude pit reporter guys that have interviewed me that I walk away going that dipshit don't know a fucking thing about what we're doing today. Dude, I watch broadcasts and of course we're all our own worst critic, but like, it makes me laugh because my fiance Dylan obviously also is a reporter. Almost got hit by a car on Saturday. Yeah. I was listening to MRN when that happened. He's like, yeah, that hit right where I was standing. My Snyder's wreck was right in front of him. Um, (laughs) Him and I, like, we cannot watch racing broadcasts together. Our roommates, we've had two roommates over the last two years who like refuse to watch races with us because we'll sit there and watch the races and we'll be like, ask a question. That's not what that's called. And we just yell at the TV because we pick apart the broadcast. It's like, I would assume probably other people do the same thing for other reasons, but yeah, it's painful sometimes. So, so uh, having that transition going from actually the driving portion of it to reporting about it, do you get that same kind of high or do you still get that? Like, do you, do you still want to get back behind the wheel at some point or, or are you very, very content with what you're doing? I think for at first there was an itch, right? Like I was at the racetrack and I was like, that should be me. Like that should be me out there. I feel like I'm capable. I feel like I, you know, got robbed in some weird way of not being able to be in the racetrack, but I feel like I liked the racing aspect of it, but half the reason I liked racing was the social aspect of it. I liked going to the events. I liked being at the racetrack, doing racetrack things with my racetrack friends, what I used to say. And I get to do the same thing as a reporter. I get to go to the racetracks with my racetrack friends and talk race cars the only difference is, is these guys are driving the cars and I'm talking about them driving the cars. So to me, in the green scheme of things, there's a really minimal difference, right? Like of what's actually partaking during the day. It's just them driving and me talking about it. Um, and then also like, I still had a lot of friends at the time and like close friends that were still in racing. And I would see the political BS of like, oh, so-and-so lost the ride because of this or so-and-so got a ride. Or so-and-so booted someone out of the seat because of this. And I'm like, oh, that is exhausting. Like, I'm so glad I'm not dealing with that because I just remember, you know, like as drivers, you know, in knowing people that drive, you guys know, it's like every November would come around and you'd be like, well, what am I doing next year? Do, am I going to be able to race? Do I have a car? Do I have a car owner? Where are we going to run? And you like, didn't know what your, like the future held. And that was exhausting. So like, I do not miss that part of it whatsoever. I heard you say on another podcast, I believe that you uh, just like, just like being at the racetrack. And obviously we've seen you do MRN things and, and stuff on the NASCAR world. And they kind of share their time with I think PRN or whatever. Um, is that kind of partially why you transitioned over to dirt because you're able to be at the racetrack so often? <laughs> so 
No, actually not at all. Like I kind of thought that like I was going to actually end up doing more MRN stuff. And that was kind of the goal. And that company right now is kind of going through some growing pains to put it lightly. Um, they have a lot of people in their infrastructure and in their talent roster that are lifers. I mean, look at the people that are on air at MRN. It was Winston Kelly, Steve Post, you know, Jeff Striegel, Alexei, 10, 12 years. There are guys that did like did their first broadcast the same month I was born. So the turnover is not there. So like, I would love to have done more races for MRN, but like someone either had to get quit, get fired or die is basically what it came down to. And no one was doing any of those. So they only had a handful of races for me to do because it was like nowhere to put me. Um, and so I kind of got to the point where like I was contractor. So I was only making X amount per race throughout the year. Well, when you only do 10, 12 races, that's not enough to make a living off of. And when Dirt Vision and World Racing Group came to me and they were like, hey, we'll pay you Y amount and you have 65 races, I was like, that spells down payment on a house. Yes. <laughs> so that's more or less what it was, is just kind of the stability aspect. And it's going to be, it's going to be a lot this year. I mean, like it started, it never stopped for me. I picked up the Extreme Dirt Car Series in December, did two races in December two races in January, including sunshine nationals, which was five days, just got back from 12 days in Volusia. You know, I leave tomorrow morning, which is a Thursday. So I leave that Friday morning for Livonia for Georgia. I have next weekend off somehow Then I'm in Louisiana. I'm in Illinois. I mean, it's, it starts. So it was more or less the consistency that they allowed me and the consistency to be on camera. Like, you know, it, it's like driving a race car. The people that you see do it every single weekend are usually the ones that are front runners because they're in a seat every single weekend and broadcasting is the same, you know, the more reps that you can get every single weekend, you're learning, you're building that, you know, building that rapport, like you're, you're being able to put together a film reel. So I think it just, it created more opportunity for me is what it did. So we're really hoping you'd come up in the stands at Volusia on Tuesday when we were bouncing beach balls around all over the place. Dude, but... I'm not going to lie. I fucking hated my life on tuesday that was we picked the worst night to go for sure that was so yeah. bad <laughs> we were all home and in bed before the modified feature started i think and now wow. yeah. yeah like i remember sitting in the infield and thinking there is no way there's no way we're gonna run this whole feature tonight and then i like you know obviously it was part of internal discussions and they were like well we have a makeup feature that we already have to run on wednesday from when we rained out in january so where are we going to put this other makeup feature? And I was like, I don't know, slap it on Thursday morning. Like, I do not want to be here. It's 1 a.m. No one does. And then I remember I walked out of the trailer, like, you know, roughly 2 a.m. There had to have been still 200 people in the stands. Like, there was still a lot of people in the stands. And they were like, we're running it. I think we ended up getting, I ended up getting back to my hotel. And we stayed in Palm Coast, so north of Daytona Beach. I think I crawled in bed around like 4.45 that morning. That was a rough one. That was one of those moments where it was like NASCAR sounds really nice right now. <laughs> Don't miss working 10 weekends a year instead of this shit. Oh man, that was rough. And, and I guarantee you, like I said, I know I'll have nights like those, but like the freedom also that dirt vision allows in the sense of it's freedom. You call guys douchebags on there? No, there <laughs> is not that much freedom. There's not that much freedom. Um, there is some like, 
you know, reins that they kind of keep you in, but you self-produce. So basically I have a camera guy and if I want to be on air, I tell someone. And if I don't, I don't. And, you know, I get to, if I want to go interview people, I can. And if I just, so it's like, I have the freedom to kind of direct my own show, which to some people they're like, whoa, I don't want that. Like I want, you know, cut and dry where to me, I enjoy that stuff. Cause sometimes I want to run out on the racetrack with a shovel and try and shove it in the rubber down racetrack. So you can see that it's just completely like packed down and slicked off and it's going to take rubber. And, or sometimes I want to slide down the racetrack on my boots because it's completely sloppy and, you know, really heavy. And they're like, yeah, great. Whatever you want to do, let us know. So yeah, great. Go, go interview the uh, dipshits in the stands wearing Daytona beach merchandise, but funnel. Dude. Had I like, had I had camera range up there, I 1000% would have went up there. I sent a text and I was like, Hey, to like our top shooter. I was like, yo, far right. I'm pretty sure they're pushing beach balls. Cause you'd message me and was like, yeah, we're up here. You can't miss us. Yeah. I was in such a bad mood, but like, we're all uh, wearing fluorescent pinks and tie dyes and green. Yeah. I think at one point it did make it on the broadcast. Cause he sent me a couple of thumbs up and uh, I was going to go up there and they were like, they, that is one thing because dirt race fans can, they can have a few too many, a few too quick. And what do you mean? Uh, they, they definitely encourage me to not go into the grandstands at dirt races. Cause that's what we talked about on our last show was that we figured for sure those beach balls would have pissed somebody off and it didn't. And I think it's because dirt race fans are more wild than asphalt and less cunty most of the time. Dude, they're, they're the bomb. Like dirt, like they're definitely a little bit more of like the dirty old man kind of a thing. Like, I don't have my Facebook comments and my Instagram comments, ooh, a little questionable, but they are big supporters. <laughs> so going off of that, I mean, you, you've done kind of both ends of the spectrum in terms of broadcasting with the, the asphalt stuff, and, and you have a lot of experience driving the asphalt stuff. What were some of the biggest, like, culture shocks when you first, like, went all in on dirt? Like, what, what were some of the biggest differences that you noticed or still do notice? I mean, at the end of the day, racing is still racing, right? Like, the the mentality is still the same. Um, you know, race fans are race fans. I feel like dirt fans are a little more diehard. Like they're a little bit more all in, in the sense that they're taking two weeks off to go to Fairbury, Illinois for the Prairie dirt classic. Like, like that is their Daytona. And you know what I mean? You say you need to go, sorry that you cut out. What'd you say? That's a sick event too, by the way. Dude, if you guys ever get a chance to go to that, absolutely incredible like they shut this entire tiny like tiny town down it's so cool like eldora like just for whatever reason the dirt culture is just a little more diehard um but again the biggest thing for me was like the technicality side of it right like i was like oh late models it's totally gonna transfer over from pavement late models hell no it doesn't i was like oh you know talking to them about track bars and they're like you don't run track bars and I was like oh okay and they're like well we run you know like these different spindles and all this stuff and I was like okay and then one of them was like prime example like I'm still learning is at Volusia Strickler broke a jack shaft which is also known as a lower shaft and I was like what the hell is a lower shaft so after the race that night I had to go up there and I was like explain to me what you broke and why like show me And they had to show me because if that happens in the future, like that's something that I want to know. So more than anything, it was like the techno, like the technical side of learning racing is racing. Like it's, it's all relative, but the technical was really hard for me to like 
continue to build notes on. And then the surface I'm like in pavement racing, like prime example, the rain, right? Pavement racing. They will make you sit there till midnight and then we will get tire dragons out there and we will just drag tires or run cars out there until we can go race in dirt racing. It rains for two hours. They're like, well, track's too moist. We can't race for two days. See you guys on Saturday. And I'm like, what, what is going on? Or even just how surfaces change. You know what I mean? Like the difference between a slicked off racetrack to a rubber down racetrack to, you know, one that looks like it might run two grooves or how you run a racetrack out to the, you know, to the top, like just learning how different track surfaces change and manipulate throughout a race. I mean, I, again, I'm still learning. Like I'm very open to say, like, I will literally ask someone after I interview them on the front stretch, like I'll interview them and then be like, yo, what explain to me what is going on. And that's helped. Like, I feel like, you know, not being afraid to ask questions has helped me, but man, it, it was a learning curve. It was definitely a learning curve because dirt racing fans will also be the first people to call you on your shit. Like if you say the wrong thing, they are the first ones on Twitter. They're like, that's not a slipped off racetrack. Learn your dirt. I'm like, okay, sorry guys. <laughs> sure. I'm getting there. I was wondering why Strickler was late to Daytona one of those nights. That makes sense. You had to ask him some questions. <laughs> yeah. Strickler had some bad nights. He had some really bad nights at Volusia. You, you need to ask him, do you know any of his crew guys? No. Barely know him. So, so yeah, I was going to say earlier, like going into this week, I knew uh, Max McLaughlin and Kyle Coffey. And, I, and my drunk alter ego, Bradford, knows Briggs Danner. Don't, I've never met him sober. And for sure, <laughs> I have pictures with him. Don't remember that happening whatsoever. Strickler and I, on a face-to-face basis, know each other real well. But I was hoping that I was going to see him later in the week because he was introduced to me by Max. Saw him every night. Ah, how you doing? No good friends. I would bet my life savings he does not know my name. But if he saw my face. But we don't know many dirt guys. So, like, it was cool this this week to meet some more of those. But, unfortunately, our one our one dirt race of the year that we usually have circled on the calendar, it rained. And it was there was a 10% chance of rain. There was that one race of Volusia, but I guess we'll have to get, get back out there. Uh, are you guys, are you guys, I should know this information. Are you guys Connecticut or are you guys Massachusetts? Uh, neither. Maine. Yeah. You guys are all up in Maine? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I it sucks we, up here. There's no dirt. I would be a dirt racer, hands down 110% if we had any semblance of actual dirt that wasn't used for growing potatoes up here. Look, look at, in all seriousness, look at the world of outlaw late model. I can't do anything for you on the sprint car side. Look at the world of outlaw late model schedule. And if there's anything close that you guys want to come to, let me know and we'll make it happen. I think we only go to like, I think we go to Pennsylvania. Um, I know Ohio is not close, but we go to Ohio a couple of times. Um, Lebanon Valley, New York. We don't go there with the late models. We go there with super dirt car. I have been to Lebanon Valley, believe it or not. With that's Super the closest, Dirt Car. like that's the closest World of Outlaws event to us. I think it's like six hours. Well, we go to Orange County, isn't that close? I'd have to know where that is. I don't know where that's in New York. Um, yeah, I think so. Let me look it up really fast. Or Port, Brett Hearn runs well, it. Port Royal is not too far away. I think like Ooh, a, we go to Port Royal twice. Like seven seven hours, which is you know, it's not the twelve that you had to drive to a racetrack, so we can't complain. Yeah. See, there you go. See, I like how your thought process. I also like, I'm the type that I don't really care how far away a racetrack is. I'll drive there. Like I went to like, I go to Jennerstown like almost every single year, which is like 10 and a half hours. Like I'll just jump in the car and go. It's 
doesn't bother me, but these two have shit to do. I just have a problem. They got real jobs. Yeah. Uh, so well, and we race ourselves, so that doesn't help. Yeah. Orange County Fair Speedway is in Mechanicstown, New York. Um, hold up here. Where are you guys at? Portland, Maine. Yeah, Portland, Maine. That's the easiest way to say it. Definitely not Portland, Oregon. Let's see here. Portland. Definitely not Portland, Oregon. <laughs> oh, y'all are coming. Well, I won't be there, but I can orchestrate it. Uh, Orange County is four hours and 40 minutes. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's even I can do that. Damn, <laughs> you're under a winter storm warning right now, but you know, when we go there in August, we should be Gucci. We're under we're under a winter storm warning. We're supposed to get like 11 feet tonight or something, but it was literally 65 degrees out today. Yesterday. I will say Maine is like one place that I would probably retire. Like that was probably one of the most beautiful freaking places that I went to in Oxford. And I was way underage. Oh my God. Oxford. Oxford's where all the hill people live. <laughs> this is a shithole. Well, I stayed in, hold on. I'll tell you where I stayed. Probably stayed in Auburn area, which is a little bit nicer. I stayed coastal. Huh? Oxford's not near the coast. Oh. Well, because I flew into Portland. Yes, Portland. Portland's a nicer area. Well, maybe. Where's Oxford? Yo, me and geography. We're not, we're not, we're not friends. <laughs> math and i aren't friends i can relate to you on that but i love geography Big yes fan. see i i don't i love to read books i'm not book smart i'm definitely more of a street smart kind of girl i'm just not smart in general it's kind of cool but the the whole coast of maine actually is wicked nice but yeah you definitely didn't stay in oxford oxford's like not i don't know like people get mad because we're obviously from maine and now oxford's the closest racetrack to us but it's like it's not necessarily the nicest place um wouldn't necessarily call it a shithole because bob's gonna get some backlash on the twitters but at least no, i'm just saying like the town the area of oxford the town of oxford like there's nothing there's a casino there's a nothing and there's a duncan there's a random oh. duncan on the way to the racetrack and that those are like my, waffle like, houses up here though. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's yeah. one duncan donuts on every block it's I, also i would love to run a crate car just a crate i don't want a super i just want to run a crate car at oxford because those are super yeah yeah that is true i forget that you guys i forget that that's how that works um because like act is crates right yeah technically yeah crates with eight inch tires spec shocks a little bit watered down but i mean it makes it's cost effective um i remember walking the front stretch and we we have a racetrack back in idaho called pocatello and it is a complete shithole they actually have an outlaw dirt like an out a dirt outlaw cart track in the center and they run that in between our features so the whole racetrack is just completely dusted but they had concrete barriers that used to be up against like the front stretch and the back stretch well over the course of like 10 15 years those barriers have gotten moved back not even kidding you like three four feet so the racetrack goes up and then it negative banks for like two three feet and all I could think of was like, dude, this is like the Pocatello of Maine because you guys have negative banking, right? Like the last like foot and a half of the front stretch or something. Oh, you can ship the whole thing to car lengths off there. That's I mean, a freaking, that's want, some freaking sleep. You want to run that shit. thing down by the wall. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a catfish at Oxford. Like you can't pry me <laughs> off the curb. So I never get up into negative bank territory, but yeah. that's some like, whoop, whoop, like some, yeah. some slingshot stuff. I was, that would be so much fun. For, just for I the rest of gnarly wrecks there. For the record, I was also talking about the town of Oxford, not the racetrack. The racetrack's a beautiful facility. It's one of the nicest uh, in the state. 
Good recovery. <laughs> it yeah, was fun. Kind of- I will say they burned a gigantic tree. They had a bonfire when I was there. Oh, yeah. It was very fun to partake. And there were some very drunk individuals. We, but it was I probably was- us. Like, cause I remember you probably don't remember me. I was just a field filler, but I remember we talked for a minute in lineup and I for sure didn't go to bed before 4am any night that weekend still made the show, but. But, yeah, I was because 2016, I would have been. Oh, y'all don't want to even know how old I would have been. Um, wait, hold up. See, this is where I don't do math. I was born in 97. So 2016, I would have been. Yeah, you're, you're, you're younger. Uh, than shit. You'd have been 19. 19. Yeah, 20, 19. I don't know. I, I'm i 20. I was not old enough to drink. I will tell you that much. That's main. That's I didn't drink because I was fucking terrified for my job but i very much partook in the sightseeing of what the oxford 250 oh, had to offer oh my god i cannot imagine sightseeing at oxford sober that yeah it was interesting it was very interesting the wild part too is that that entire like uh bonfire area they had to like push in so that they could get more campers in there a couple of years ago because there was damn near yeah. 800 campers there for the 250 two years ago I will give you guys that like northerners in general, man, you guys know how to camp like New Hampshire is insane. Every freaking modified race I've ever worked up there is insane. Absolutely insane. And you want to know who I die with most of the time? Freaking Ashley. Ashley. Uh, Ashley. Oh God. Why you got to, we know several of them. So that's why. Who was uh, with you in Daytona? Crowley. Crowley's. Yeah. Ashley Crowley has killed me a time or two in data or in uh, New Hampshire. A lot of passion for a lot of things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, had, I had a bad time the other night. Uh, but one, of, one question I have for you though, is um, I mean, you've been all over the country, obviously you, you've dabbled in dirt and asphalt and all that stuff. What, what, what are some of the best party scenes around? Ooh. Um, for sure, Parader Classic. That yeah. is incredible. That, that so those that like don't have never been Prairie Dirt Classic, Fairbury Speedway is very, very small. The the whole like premises of the place is very, very small. And they somehow get seven million fucking cars and people in there. And it's nuts. And it's literally just a racetrack, a long ass road, and cornfields and windmills. That's all there is there. It's, it's the most surreal thing to like pull into because you're just driving through cornfields. There's a little sign that says, welcome to Fairbury, Illinois. And then underneath it, it's like, you know, in the welcome sign, pictures of race cars. And you just pull into this little tiny town that's about six blocks wide and everyone shuts down the city. So you pull in and the racetrack's right there and um, they park that it's obviously summer. So they park campers in the field and the soccer field and the football field of the high school that backs up to the racetrack. People camp everywhere and they shut the roads down and everyone just drives golf carts. So you drive golf carts to lunch, to breakfast, you drive golf carts to dinner. Everyone just drives golf carts. And then the tradition is that the local bank sponsors the race. And then when the race is over, whoever wins the Saturday night at Prairie Dirt Classic gets in their car, leaves racetrack property, drives their car through town, goes to the local bank and then pulls their car through the drive-through of the bank and cashes the gigantic check that they have. It is just like one of the coolest things. And like Matt Curl, who promotes that place does a phenomenal job. 
they have concerts, they have auctions, they do a whole huge golf tournament. Like there's something to do every day. It's not just people like sitting around in their campers, like they, there's stuff to do. So like Prairie Dirt Classic is incredible. I have yet to go, but I have also heard that, um, Oktoberfest up at lacrosse speedway in Wisconsin is one hell of a good time. Um, which is obviously my pavement late model folks. Um, I feel like fall finals. I have also partaken in some fun at Stafford. That was a good time. A couple of times. Yes. I've got, yep. That has been fun also. Um, I feel like everything in Florida is always like six days long. So no one ever does anything in Florida. Like no one parties at the Derby. No one parties at speed weeks realistically in the grand scheme of things. Cause it's like, you got to get up and do it again for five days. Yeah. Um, the, the two times in front of the Derby, we like never even went into the parking lot. We yeah. like, we just fucked off and went somewhere else every time I feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like a huge scene. I feel. And then chili bowl. That's where you guys need to go next year is Chili Bowl. Because as someone who didn't know shit about midget racing like five years ago, Chili Bowl is an experience. Like going and being in the expo center and watching racing all night. And then all of a sudden looking at your watch and you're like, oh my gosh, it's midnight. And everyone's like, let's go. Because nothing happens till six, seven o'clock the next night. Like going to the, you know, karaoke bars and like drinking in the expo center, Chili Bowl. Is definitely up there as well. That's all I can think of. That's uh, that's for sure going to happen next year. Chili Bowl, I think we all looked at each other and we were all like, that seems like we need to go. And we're probably going to – I'm sure that we don't even need to bring our own funnel, but we'll, we'll be we'll, – we'll show up like – we should show up like tourists to the Chili Bowl with like Daytona Beach tie-dye shit on, just like have no – love it. What's going on. I did you, tell those guys right that in. we need to get a, to be a part of the top row rowdies or whatever the hell they call themselves because I feel like we'd just slide right in and they'd be like, oh, you guys come here every year. You look, you look like you fit right in. Did you see him hitting people with, uh, with marshmallows this year? Oh, yeah, that was awesome. They, they kept, like, booing that guy that was bitching about him. And yeah, had security go up there, so they kept throwing stuff at him. Good time. Good time. So, uh, definitely, yeah, definitely our type of people. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, so m- moving forward, I guess, what, what's, uh, what's in the horizon for, for Hannah Newhouse? Man, I don't know. I feel like that goal kind of changes <clears throat> – bi-weekly in all seriousness like I love my job at dirt like a dirt vision and world racing group I love the outlaws <laughs> but I'm kind of entering a new chapter of life like I'm planning a wedding right now I'm getting married next winter you know how long do I want to be on the road 65 races a year and have Dylan on the road so I don't know you know what I mean like I I've got some indie lights work I've got some indie car work this year I'm hoping to pull through with some like IMSA, maybe some NASCAR work with NBC, like something like that. Um, I mean, by the end of this year, I've literally probably worked everything motorsports oriented except for drag racing. So like, I think it'd be kind of cool to just kind of hit that last little box of maybe get drag racing under my belt, just to say that I did it. Um, you know, the goal would probably be to get a network contract, but those are so, so, so hard to come by. I mean, even Dylan, who's worked for NBC for three, four, five years now, he gets 12 races a year. And like, I would say he's one of his more, they're more used people. And so it's just like a hard thing to come by. It's a tough industry to break into and to stay in. So 
I don't know. Like I, I would love to stay with world racing group. Like I love the dirt scene, the people that work at world racing group and the outlaws, you know, are a ton of fun. They're good folks. And they, when they hired me, presented me with the opportunity of, okay, if you want to travel for four years and then come off the road, we have a job for you. If you want to travel for two years and come off the job or off the road, we have a job for you. And with their expansion of like the extreme outlaws, which is the non-wing sprint cars and the midget series, that's a cool endeavor. You know, maybe I go that direction next year and do 30 non-wing sprints and midget races. So I'm off the road, but still travel. So the nice thing is I have a lot of opportunities and a lot of like avenues available to me. I don't think I want to completely like quit because the goal is still network, but it's just like driving a freaking race car, man. It's like, you feel like you've got everything going for you. And then they hire someone else and you're like, fuck is this bro <laughs> what is this yeah like i literally had that moment like yesterday i was like well why'd you tell me that you were gonna hire me and then you hire so and so so it's very 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 frustrating industry um but i mean like at the end of the day six years ago i didn't even have a job in this industry so to be able to say like i worked for network television and covered a god-awful amount of series and racetracks and like i think this year i'm on track to hit over 200 racetracks like on my track list Jesus. if you'd have told a girl from idaho five years ago she'd do that she'd have called you crazy so it's been been one hell of a journey i'll tell you that much yeah you're ever gonna drive again or is the, is the helmet hung up forever or you're gonna drive again i really want to so <laughs> the fun thing that happens with getting married is i'm pretty sure my dad likes dylan more than he likes me none of us would know what that's like but <laughs> believe it and so we have a couple weekends that my dad has a pro truck. Well, he wrecked the shit out of the super late model last year and hasn't yeah, quite fixed it that. yet. Yeah. Like at a quarter mile, just send it to the moon. It was, <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. Um, so he still has the pro truck and he sent us the dates. Well, actually I called my dad the other day when I was in the living room and I said, Hey, I've got my schedule, my confirmed schedule. I'm going to look at the truck schedule. And my dad goes, okay, like I'm probably going to run this race. And I got someone renting the truck this race and these other two weekends, well, they're off limits. And I was like, well, I would like one of those weekends I have available. So can we like make that work? And he goes, well, Dylan already called me and Dylan wants to run the truck that race. And I was like, are you shitting me? Like, I'm not going to get to run those. And so I'm pretty sure my dad likes Dylan more than I do. So if I run it's cause I'll go home and run like my, my family equipment. It's just not feasible for me to try and run. I ran those three races at Hickory in that super truck and was so out of shape that I literally fell out of the sleep or I fell out of the seat in like a 50 lap race. It was embarrassing. It was great. We drank a lot of beer afterwards, but, um, yeah, I think I've like come to terms with the fact that like from here on out getting in the car is just embarrassing. And you know what I mean? Like you just hit that point of retirement where you're like, I think I'm going to let my legacy live and not be the person that like gets in the car. And they're like, Ooh. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> yeah uh for sure in the same boat there i finished third as a car owner or a truck owner so i'm done racing uh, yeah you're, you're like, welcome that's great you finish on top yeah last time i had a truck finished third it was great or like that's like me i'm like man last time i ran a full season we won a super late model championship people are like really when's the last time you've ran well, i ran a super truck you know last year and i finished <laughs> ninth out of nine but we don't need to talk about that <laughs> that doesn't count that doesn't count yeah no that was an exhibition race as the nascars would say 
it's wild to think that six years ago you didn't even have a job in like the whole networking and network radio whatever industry because it's, i feel like you're younger than you're the youngest person on the zoom call actually uh but i feel like i've been listening to you for like thanks, um, thanks brad for <laughs> a long time yeah i'm second yeah, bobby's the oldest <laughs> 30 is eerily close yeah it's creeping up on you a little too close for comfort I'm very comfortable in my 20s, so the, the three scares me. Quite yeah, I just hit 25 <clears throat> a couple weeks ago. Well, yeah. Okay. yeah. I feel like I derailed you, though, Brad, though. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. even know what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that happens a lot. Well, I was going to say, just to, what you had said, to piggyback off that, like, it is crazy to think, like, six years ago, I didn't even have a career in broadcasting and, like, to where – the opportunities that have been presented, it's been great. Like, I can't okay, believe you know, you're on the Black Flag podcast. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is just one of those like notch moments. You know, you've made it. Be like, hey, I think I recognize you. Are you from Black Flag Podpat- Podcast? Yeah, I can't even say it. But yeah, no, for sure. That's us. Uh, it's fine. How'd you end up as like a fill in host on DBC? <laughs> uh, I don't even know, to be quite honest with you. I'm honestly like not even sure how that transpired. I can't, I can't actually recall a moment where it was like, Hey, Hannah, this is so-and-so like, I'm pretty sure I, so Doug Campbell, I have been good friends with Doug Campbell for years, like well before I knew Freddie. Daytona 500 winning spotter, Doug Campbell. Now, Yes. And we paid the consequences for that on Tuesday night. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure I knew Doug. And Doug introduced me to Freddie and maybe Brett. And I just like became friends with them. And then I feel like when they needed a fill in is maybe how that happened. I can't really remember, but it has been made, unfortunately, very clear that I probably won't be doing much filling in on Dorbin for clear this year. But I just found out today that I'm filling in on the Dale Jr. download for the next six weeks. That's not a big deal or anything. (laughs) Yeah. So I went in today and figured all that stuff out. So on Tuesday, I start on the Dale Jr. download. So that'll You're be sliding cool. into Leah's role where she's moving yeah. on. Yeah. That's, so, that's not bad. That I feel like that doesn't suck. Yeah. It was uh pretty cool. And then they started telling me like the lineup for the guests the next like six weeks. And I was like, can you leak oh, them? Nope. I'm not. I don't even <laughs> have this job yet. I'm not going to lose it because of you guys. I had to ask. I mean, I mean, geez. I appreciate the ambition. <laughs> Well, what if you wrote what if you wrote them on your phone and just held them up to the camera? Because this is audio only. <laughs> no, the, the no. video, the video for sure is going to be on my laptop somewhere. I just have don't, to Brad, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story here. I'm trying. All right. We might if we're trying to make it big here. They're good. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> all right. I'll stop trying to cost you your already job that you barely have. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let me get through Tuesday before I mess it up. <laughs> I, I finally uh, checked off brett griffin on my bingo card of who i've had had to meet out of that whole group that you just named because for sure didn't know doug until the snowball derby where we woke up in noah's airbnb and i think he threw me a fireball shot you didn't uh, meet doug at the 250 last year no. Hmm. no he spotted for Derek, right yeah yeah he did a phenomenal job that was the first time i met him i didn't know who he was and he did a great job and we for sure asked him and joey to funnel beers with us at new Smyrna, but they didn't want Doesn't to surprise me yeah, I uh, I, I think that I was act. It was actually Doug walked out and goes, "You idiot! You fell asleep in the recliner." And then I like woke up, turned my head, and he goes, "Oh, it's you two idiots!" And then threw me a fireball shot because he thought it was Noah asleep in the recliner for sure. Was uh. and then I finally met Joey uh, at 
Daytona this this past week doing shots with him. I don't know how that happened, but then Brett. That's Griffin. how we ended up meeting Brett was because Brett sent him a shot, so he sent Brett one, and then we're like, well, we got to go over and meet Brett. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, so, they're a lot. They're a lot. Well, <laughs> that's putting it politely. He always says that we remind him, and I assume most of that crew when they were at this age. So it makes sense. That, that was verbatim what Freddie said when we were sitting at the table on Tuesday. When he was like, oh, like, why are you talking to them? No, no, no. I was like, oh, I think they're going to have me on the podcast this week. And he goes, oh, those boys remind me of my younger self. And that ain't good. He's like, I got lucky. <laughs> and I was like, oh, boy. Okay. Well, at least I know what I'm in for, if that's any consolation. That is why he's our dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he called us maniacs on DBC, and it was quite fitting. Yeah. I think I was there for that that episode, because I feel like I remember them bringing it up and then. It was right after like, New Hampshire weirdly, Motor Speedway. I was like, I remember being like, I weirdly know who you're talking about. Don't think I've ever physically met most of them, but I know who you're talking about. Also thought that maniacs meant Massachusetts or Connecticut, but that's fine. Yeah, we'll that's let fine. it slide. Oh, maniacs. <laughs> oh. She said she wasn't good at math, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> that did actually go right over my head. I'll give you that one. You gotta, you gotta keep that spoiler up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say maniac. I just meant like literal. I thought he meant like the literal maniacs, and then it it, well, it fits both ways. Welcome to the yeah. job. We're happy to have you here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Glad I to be she, here. Glad to be here. I bet she's regretting giving us the last hour of her time now. Yeah, so I can hit leave at any time, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I, thought I feel like you wouldn't be the first blonde chick to do that to any of us, really. So. Oh, just leave actually- on red. That's cool. <laughs> I thought for sure that you were going to big time us and not be on the show at all tonight. When I, when I saw the little like preview, cause I don't have my like notifications turned on on Instagram, but I saw like, so I forgot about this or whatever. I was like, Oh Jesus. No, that's going to say she can't do it. So I won't lie. I'm not at my house right now. <laughs> oh, good. I am actually at my best friend's house and we like, it was a really nice night tonight. So we like barbecued out and grilled and whatever. And I'm pretty sure like they're eating dinner. And I was like, Hey, I have a podcast to do from seven to eight. And they were like, great, because he works in broadcasting also. So he gets it. And she just is like super easy going and Dylan gets it. So I am actually in their office right now. I am not at my own home. That's good. I canceled a date to karaoke night for this too. So if it makes you feel better. (laughs) What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, I hate karaoke. And then I have like three or four beers and my buddy is like, nobody wants to fucking sing. So we need to go sing. So I end up doing either Afro man or Dick down at Dallas by Trey Lewis. every time it's kind wow. of embarrassing, but I like Dick down in Dallas. So that is a great karaoke song. Lose yeah. The, Eminem. What are your guys' karaoke songs? Lose yourself by Eminem every single time. God, you and Dylan would get along <laughs> tomorrow by Chris Young. Everyone, tomorrow. everyone knows my karaoke song. That's uh, yeah, more I, dreams and nightmares. Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Mill also will get me canceled one day, but could I do, can crush it. We could do Donald Trump by Mac Miller, too. There you go. Yeah, upon request. R.I.P. <laughs> upon request. Oh, yeah, actually. We're, we're very white is what we're saying. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> Lost a good one too early. <laughs> I was on my way to the Star Classic, biggest race of the year. And got the notification that Mac Miller died. And I literally had to call Brad just like, you, you all right, man? Like, <laughs> you good? Dude, fun fact. I actually, uh, speaking of Speed 51 and Star Classic, I do voiceovers for them every once in a while. So they like cut down the races 
give them speed 51 and speed 51 hires talent to come in and like be the booth for those races. And then they send those races to Mav TV and they called me and they were like, Hey, can you come voice over a race? I'd voiced over 15 races for them and they'd all been pavement super late model races. So I show up and I'm already familiar with who's in the race. I show up and they're like, Hey, okay, we're going to get ready to roll. Here's your entry list. Here's your cut down of each shots. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, I know t- two names. What, what the fuck are we calling? And they're like, Oh, you're calling the star classic. And I was like, did you get the small block race? or the Isma race. I got the Isma race. Oh, that's too bad. The small block race had some dipshit fucking throwing middle fingers and having a temper tantrum on the front. Yeah, the Isma race was only like 45 minutes, I think, in cut length total. It was like four but hours I mean, in person. Oh, my, I couldn't only imagine because like I could oh, see the timestamps on the bottom with like the red flag that they had for so-and-so blowing a motor. And then so-and-so had to leave because his daughter, friend, cousin, mother, whatever was getting married. So Done. someone else got in the car. And I was like. I can't imagine actually physically being there for this race. And I love super modifieds, but that had to have been a painful race. The worst day. part about that was they started the crate race the night before. Cause we were supposed to go before and they Isma finished it after. So I'm yeah. sitting in the grandstands <laughs> hung over as fuck with all of these guys, all my friends, my friends never get to come watch me race. So this is like the one time a year, all my friends get to come watch. And we're just sitting there through this fucking debacle of an Isma race. And I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry. I try so hard to make you guys think super modifieds are cool. And then this happens. <laughs> that was, was rough. That was like, a I've tough seen, day. Yeah. I've seen previous, like, like I've seen previous super modified races and I've seen previous star classics. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. I'll wing it. Cool. Like I can do this. And like John McKennedy just spanked them. So he hasn't lost a race in three years. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Rough. I for sure thought that you were going to say Speed 51 sent you to like somewhere to interview Mac Miller or something. I was just trying to figure out where that was going, but I forgot that Bobby mentioned Star and he <laughs> did the racing podcast. Yeah. He mentioned Star and the fact that Mac Miller died. I remember exactly where I was about to take the exit towards Epping to go to Star and my phone started <laughs> blowing up like I called someone a douchebag. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like everyone knows how much I like Mac Miller and it was just, it was a day, you know? And my phone did blow up after that, so I know exactly what you're feeling. Yeah, next time Mac Miller overdoses, I'm sure that my phone will keep blowing up and people, you know. Well, if that happens again, call me because I'll be very confused about how life works. Yeah. <laughs> I think there, I was just about to say, I think there's a lot better chances of Hannah calling somebody a douchebag than Mac Miller overdosing again, but I don't, maybe. I feel like it's probably going to be one of us, and, not, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with that also. Okay. None of us race dirt, but we are all douchebags, so. Don't don't, this is where don't the podcast do gets silent. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Hopefully, you get to voice over the Star Classic again this year. I'll be sure to try to do something dumb again. I appreciate that. I I thoroughly love entertainment when it comes to racing. I feel like more often than not, I stick my head in people's windows, and I'm like, "Hey, if you can give me something to talk about, that'd be great." Whether it's like good because you're like blowing people's doors off, or like honestly, stuffing it in turn two also gives me something to talk about. <laughs> content it's all about the con all about the content pretty tough to stuff it and turn to a star but bob you do that and you're gonna we're gonna have something to talk about because there's no wall yeah. off the backstretch right right i was gonna say you guys yeah, better bring your fucking, you better bring your chainsaws if i wreck and turn two because that's where i'm gonna end up is in the trees yikes so so we are coming up on uh on a, almost an hour here and, and i know that you have some pretty delicious barbecue hanging around that you, you probably want to go suck down so 
we do thank you for your time. You've done a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we, we've been fortunate enough to kind of follow you throughout the years. I didn't really realize that you were that much younger than us either. So that makes me feel like kind of a piece of shit. Um, but <laughs> you've done a lot of cool things behind the wheel. You've done a lot of cool things with a microphone, a lot of cool things uh, in front of a camera. Uh, you've been all over the place. You've done tons of cool shit. So the question that I always like to ask to kind of end these things out is, what brings Hannah Newhouse to the racetrack every week? Why do you have to be at the racetrack? Because it pays my bills. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I have a more. I don't know. I feel like it's like, this doesn't sound so cliche, but I feel like it's like part of my genetics at this point, right? Like I've eat, sleep and breathed it since I was like so young. There's pictures of me as an infant, like at the racetrack. So I feel like it's kind of been ingrained in my genetics where even on my off weekends, I'm usually pretty good about not like clicking on the TV unless it's something that I need to be paying attention to for like statistical reasons. But like, I feel left out and it's not because I feel like I should be doing my job, but it's just like, I feel like I should be there. So I feel like at this point, like it's kind of just in my genetics, like that's my second home. And it is, it's not one specific racetrack. It's just the racetrack. It's the people, it's the rhythm of, being there, seeing those people, whether it's on air, you know, doing other things. I've done promotional things. I get to go to Texas in a couple of weeks and work for IndyCar doing like their big screen TV spiel. But at the end of the day, like it's still kind of the same routine. Like you get to get there, you get the lowdown, you meet the drivers, you talk to people. And uh, like, that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like you meet, you meet lifelong friends through the racetrack and you just never know what racetrack you're going to be at, where you're going to meet them. But like, most of my lifelong friends I've met at the racetrack. So it's probably that. But Bobby and I have this conversation pretty frequently. I feel where, you know, we're, we're in our, we're in our twenties, but we also have 20 years worth of experience, you know, driving race cars. Um, so it's not all too often where you get, you know, three people and you have 60 years experience or whatever it is. Right. So, uh, I think that we're all kind of on the same wavelength. We, we, uh, we're very much just embedded in it and you, you just can't get away from it, even if you wanted to. So it's, it's, it's just part of your family. It's part of your fabric at this point. So, um, I think that's kind of the reason why this whole show even exists. Okay. I have a question for you and I should know this information. Are you related to the other Sanborn that races supers? Sure. I'm not. <laughs> Did you already know I was going there before it even came out of my mouth? <laughs> no, actually. So, it, so if we're going to get like really super technical here for a second, my grandmother. Okay. Um, she is like full blown, like does genealogy down to like Jesus. And <clears throat> she has taken the entire Sanborn male lineage back to the year. And I am not joking. The binder is like a foot thick back to the year 1066. Wow. And she believes that there was some cousin pal like eight generations ago that had like 15 kids. And pretty sure Trevor came off of one of those we were off of another one and yeah, but there's like, there's me, Trevor, um, Maddie. So there's like five of us that were, none of us are really related to each other, but we all live in the Northeast and we drive race cars. So you're all like 16th cousins, yeah. like twice removed or whatever oh. is how that works. I think Trevor and I are literally like 69th cousins or something like that. So. Cool, cool, cool. I like, I remember the first time I saw your name, I was like, I wonder if he's related to Trevor. Cause again, I know Trevor from running past stuff like down at Hickory and stuff. I'm assuming the first time you saw my name was for the Easter bunny 148 that I ran last year. And uh, I also wrecked with Trevor. So that was super helpful with that, that whole confusion. There, so. Yeah. That probably made it 
way easier on my confusion. Thank you. My life is so much fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, Easter Easter dinner was kind of awkward for both of them, but I think <laughs> <laughs> Grandma made sure to remind them that at the end of the day, they're not related, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that was a good show title. I think, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this is what episode one fifty six. So, who's a, who's a fifty six you can think of? Who's a fifty six? Who runs the number fifty six? Evan Bull has literally been one person my entire life that I grew up racing with: go karts, legend cars, super late models, and it's Evan Bollier. And the only reason he picked fifty six was because the NASCAR Thunder two thousand four. That was the only double digit number available when on custom car. That tells you how obscure that number is. I literally don't even think I know a 56. Like, I'm even trying to rack my brain of, like, I can't even. Dirt racing, midget, supers. Like, I cannot think of a 56. Was that a 56? Martin Shrek's Jr. That's the only one I can think of. When he ran for. Napa car? Yeah. Well, his, his his first Bush North car was 56, which is why when he went to MWR, he picked 56 because they didn't have a number. But Interesting. Hmm. Well, yeah, we'll do drive a 56 in the truck 66 isn't it no i think he had a 56 that killed brother i don't know you said anthony pagliarulo runs supers with me he's number 56 perfect i'm not even sure what name you just said but that sounds great yeah anthony pagliarulo i'm only saying it because i know he listens and he's gonna be bummed out if we didn't mention it. you are right timmy hill is number 56 i'd say timmy hill like brett griffin but i can't because he does a way better job Oh, well thank you again uh we appreciate your time this is i think this has been one of the coolest conversations we've had um yeah. you're the first girl you're certainly one of the boys i think and uh uh thank you for everything that you do you, you put out great content you do a lot of cool shit and uh you know we're here to support it all next time you talk to max mclaughlin uh ask him about the time he got stung by a jellyfish also- okay i'm gonna take a picture of you guys really fast so i can be like yo also ask him about the time that he slept with a lamp yeah a what a lamp lamp that was yeah. that was actually very recently <laughs> <laughs> both of those like were days ago <laughs> I think i'm firing off the text now <laughs> perfect all right all right well, well we, we, we love us some tragic shoes yeah <laughs> don't call them that one <laughs> that might I, said, I need to know about the time you got stung by a jellyfish and fucked the lamp <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect place to end it. <laughs> yeah. We'll let you get back to your barbecue. Thank you. Hi, guys. Let's get Thanks, you to another race. Yeah. Well, hopefully next time we have a better go at it. We'll see you soon. See you guys. Race car, race car. Here we go, race car.